Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? You're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Jimmy Wong. And I'm your other host, Rachel Weeks. Yay! It's Thank the Rachel Jimmy Wombo Combo. Yeah. Rachel Weeks, Wimmy Jong. I like it. Y- yeah, we're <laughs> representing the W. The W's. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the monocolored commanders that are available from All Will Be One on, on Phyrexia. Uh, we've covered the multicolored commanders. You can check mm-hmm. out that episode's already on our podcast page. Uh, but there's going to be some exciting ones to talk about, including one that some people believe is Insta-Ban worthy. Ooh. Before we get into it, you might want to get that Insta-Ban worthy card because i don't think it's getting banned uh by heading on over to cardkingdom.com slash command that's our affiliate link for card kingdom they have a huge inventory to get the cards you need in a single package delivered right to your doorstep we love card kingdom they have one of the best game stores in the country and they also have great inventory they have great customer service they also have buyback programs you can enter in a deck list and just see all the options pop up right in front of you and do all of your shopping really quickly and in one place that mm-hmm. you cannot beat the convenience of that. So head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command, support the show and get the cards you need. Yeah, and when you're getting those cards, you're going to need some sleeves to put mm-hmm. them in. You're going to need a deck box to put those in. You're going to need a play mat to put your cards onto. You're going to need dice to track your counters. Go to alderbro.com <laughs> slash command uh, for all of the magic accessory needs that you have. Uh, they have all of the official magic art so you can get the characters you know and love. You can get your commanders on a play mat, on a deck box, on mm-hmm. sleeves, uh, and you can really represent your squad, especially in the war that has come. Yeah, uh, are Many wars. Team, are you Team Phyrexian or Team Rebel? I'm are Team you? Craig Blanchett. So yeah. wherever that puts me, I'm right there. <laughs> uh, Jimmy's completed. Yeah. Help me. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, one thing Ultra Pro won't get you, though, mm. is other players to play with. You can't buy that, but you can meet them by going mm-hmm. to an event like Game Nights Live at yeah. MagicCon Philly. That's going to be happening this year. MagicCon Philly, uh, we're really excited. February, I think, 17th to the 19th. Yep. Rachel's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Josh's going to be there. And a lot of our staff is going to be there. We're going to be selling stuff. We're also going to be putting on Game Nights Live, which was a huge hit at MagicCon Vegas. So this is our first trip out to the East Coast. We would love to see you all there. Get your tickets now if you get the chance. Lots of different uh, tiers and stuff to get them at. And there's just going to be tons of Commander all weekend long as well as great vendors, great play opportunities, and chances to meet us, have us sign your stuff, all that good stuff. Game Nights Live, MagicCon Philly, February 17th to the 19th. Don't miss it. Yeah. And if you're not already, come support us on patreon.com slash command zone. You, yep. uh, all of our patrons help make this content possible and better and cooler. Uh, so make sure you go over not there. Not about cooler, but mm, definitely better. I think they make it cooler. And this patron <laughs> certainly makes it cooler. That's right. <laughs> this week's episode is dedicated to Danny Mercado. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. You rock. Okay. All will be one. This is the only set release this year. It's kind of crazy that they yeah, just, just put one. it out there like they that. They really condensed it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there are 17 new monocolor legendary creatures. Here's the thing. We're doing this with more of our set reviews because there's just so many cards. We will not have the time to cover every single one of them. Some of them, by the way, are not 
super like, wow, check this out. We're going to ra- really focus on the ones uh, that we want to talk about today. And then we're actually dedicating an entire episode mm-hmm. to this, the Dominus cycle of legendary creatures. So that's coming up soon, right, Rachel? Yeah, those are going to be great. Um, th- those are, can be great in the command zone, but also in the 99th. So we yeah. wanted to make sure we talked about them in both. So uh, stay tuned for the Dominus episode. Yeah, but right now we're covering the cards that we think are the worth, the most worth it for discussion for commander as legendary commanders, mm-hmm. uh, as just well as just creatures that may be very good in the 99. Um, so we're going to skip a few of those old ones. But hey, look, if you want to talk about them, mention them in the comments. Find us on Twitter. You know where to go. We want to hear about it. Yeah. All right. Let's oh. jump into it. Our first one's a doozy. We're going in, in Wooburg order today, yeah. uh, which means we're starting with the one, the only, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. If you haven't seen her yet, she's four and a white for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor with Vigilance. She's a 4-7. It says, if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. And... Permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanence your opponents control to trigger. Okay, so Josh played this on our Phyrexian Praetors episode mm. of Game Nights. To great he effect. Absolutely stomped. So let's talk a little bit about the ruling here first, because there is a distinction. The text is, it's a lot, right? Each magic card seems like it's a dictionary these days, mm. but there's a lot of nuance here. So let's talk about that. So just a reminder, this is this first ability is, is basically a panharmonicon, but it's for all of your permanents. So it's whenever a land enters, whenever a creature enters, anything enters the battlefield, your stuff will trigger twice. But the making sure that you know what is a trigger and what isn't is really important with uh, building Elishnorn and playing her. Um, so you know something is a triggered ability that will be doubled or prevented by Elish whenever it says when or whenever something happens. Mm-hmm. That is a trigger. If it says it enters as... Uh, generally, that means it just happens. It's yeah. just, it, there's nothing to respond to. It just happens when when the card comes in. Yeah, so, so clones are a great example of yeah, that, right? Yeah, but like Moldrifter is an ETB trigger. Clone is just an ETB ability. I don't, it doesn't, there's right. no, nothing to respond to. Yeah, it enters the outfield as a creature. And then, of course, it will have whatever enter the outfield abilities are yeah. on it. So like for lands, Sacred Foundry says when uh, as Sacred Foundry enters the battlefield, you may pay two life. That is not a triggered ability. But Bounce Lands say when Bar- Boros Garrison enters the battlefield, return a land you control to its owner's hand. Right. So, so that, that would trigger twice. is a triggered ability. Right. And you don't want that to trigger twice. Right. With Bounce Lands are particularly bad with Elishnorn. Um, and if she's in the 99, notably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, well, there are, there's Karu. Karu's a, a oh, one-colored right. uh, Bounce yeah, Land. Yeah. But uh, Elishnorn also works for your opponent's Bounce Lands. So if your oh. opponent plays a Bounce Land when Elishnorn is on the table, it won't bounce anything. They no longer have to bounce a yeah, because exactly. it is a permanent entering the battlefield doesn't cause abilities of permanent your opponent's control to trigger. Yeah. So if you're building Elishnorn, keep an eye out for the ETB triggers. Look for as's and when's and be careful with ETB downsides like bounce lands. Lotus Field is a particularly good yeah, one to look out for. Makes you sack two lands. In this case, ETB, if you play... You'd <laughs> sacrifice four <laughs> lands if you played Lotus Field with your own Elishorn on the battlefield. Yeah, so don't do that. Or something like a Dowsing Dagger, which ETBs and gives your opponents two plants. It right. would give your opponents four plants in this case. Okay. Um, so be careful with those. All right. All things aside. Yeah. Easy to build non-bows into Elishnorn is what yeah. we're trying to say here. So just pay attention. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about her first ability here. It's Panharmonicon, and we're going to double up on Enter the Battlefield abilities. Mm-hmm. So uh, that seems pretty powerful. Right? I mean, 
When Elginorn speaks, we listen. Let's make some stuff into the battlefield. <laughs> mm, yes. White has a lot of really great ones because White's great at blinking. So, I yeah. mean, this is stuff like Stoneforge Mystic. It's a great ETB. Getting equipment. Bam. Two of them. Two equipments. And she'll help you put them into play. Uh, Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. Recruiter of the Guard grabs a creature with toughness two or less. You get two of those instead. Mm-hmm. A Ranger Captain of Eos. This just is like a mono white staple, especially in more competitive circles, because you can get a, you know, a one drop that's really impactful. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to get two of them. Yeah. So you yeah, can go search so. for two one drops. It also has a sack ability, but isn't particularly relevant here, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, this also works for, you know, Wall of Omens or Spirited Companion, these creatures that when they enter the battlefield, they draw a card are just probably good to put in this deck. Yeah. I really like Rumor Gatherer here. This it's card's a new card. Great. Yeah. New card from New Capenna. New, new, new. Mm-hmm. Is it New Capenna? Uh, it was in New Capenna and it was reprinted in ah. a, I believe this was in a. That's how good they think this card is. Yeah. It was in a Baldur's Gate. Commander deck, I think. One white white for a 2-1 elf wizard. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. If this is the second time this ability is resolved, this turn draw a card instead. So it means every time a creature enters the battlefield, well, for the first time each turn, it's scry one and then draw. You scry one, scry one, right? And then if it's the second time, right? The second trigger, I think you draw. Oh, because this is the the second second time the ability has resolved. So if it triggers twice, you you cast a creature, you scry one, you draw. And then the next one you cast, you'll scry twice. Yep. Uh, right, because it only you're only going to draw one time off it because it's off of it, yeah, yeah per yeah. turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little confusing, but again, White has now been giving us lots of different ways to get card advantage. Um, it's either just straight up creature enters draw a card, which mm-hmm. is like Elvish Visionary it used to be a big, big important card in green. Now White has that. Yeah, couple of them. Pretty good. Fair warning, there are a lot of this only triggers once per turn yeah. cards that have been printed in White specifically. So those. Even if they're, the trigger's doubled, the second one will not happen. Yeah, and it'll uh, say that right on the text. Yeah, so Takasia's Welcome is a good example. It says, this ability only triggers once each turn. Elishorn does not get around that. It's just the first trigger. Yeah, so that's uh, a bit of a non-bow. That being said, there's tons of ways to draw with this. Uh, Wedding Ring is another great one that Josh used in, <laughs> oh, yeah, in the Game Nights. Episode, yeah. Uh, it was uh, incredibly powerful <laughs> when you can when you can get hitched to two people. I should have blown that up. That was my big mistake that game, I think. <laughs> His Wedding Ring and, and not ladies. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good, Wedding Ring. I don't know if you've had it in play yet, but it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, White also has tons of resilience because they have ways to get stuff back from the graveyard. You also have cards like White Plume Adventurer. So this is a card that when it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative. So you're starting on a whole new dungeon track, basically, but you get to do it twice. So you go into the first room and then the second room. Wow. uh, On that first play. Plus it untaps stuff. Yeah, that's always good. But Sun Titan triggering twice is insane. Karmic Guide triggering twice twice is insane. Yeah. Uh, There's also plenty of ramp pieces that you can take advantage of this ETB. In mono uh, white. In mono white. Yeah. You don't say. Our Kaomancer's map will now fetch you up to four basic planes cards when they enter the battlefield. And as the uh, when the land enters the battlefield and under an opponent's control. So you also just get this great ability where you're able to put those into the battlefield now. Yeah. As long as they have more lands than you. But this is a great white ketchup mechanic. Yeah. Mm, I love ketchup. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Skyclave Relic. Oh, yeah. So this is a three-mana artifact with Kicker 3. It has Indestructible, and when Skyclave Relic enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, create two tapped tokens that are copies of Skyclave Relic. And it also says tap, add one mana of any color. Right, so for six mana. Six mana, <laughs> you make five Skyclave Relics. Yeah. Which they seems are pretty, pretty good. But that's still five mana for six in white. Seems pretty, pretty cool. good. That seems pretty good to me. 
Yeah, uh, and then you have a lot of interaction. So this is sort of what you saw in Game Nights really shine through, is the ability for White to just take advantage of this double enter in the battlefield ability and just destroy the board. Mm -hmm. So we have, I've never actually played this card before. It's also a new companion card, but looks pretty sweet. Uh, I love this card. Yeah, it's Aerial Extortionist. Three white white for a bird soldier with flying. It is a 4-3. And it says whenever it enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target non-land permanent. For as long as that card remains exiled, its owners may cast it. Whenever another player casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. Right. So, so if this enters the battlefield twice, you're like, get that out of here, get that out of here. Now they can still cast it, but you're drawing cards as a result. Maybe you're, yeah, maybe you're setting them back just because it was a, you know, a seven drop or whatever. Mm, it's a huge tempo hit. Yeah. Very annoying. Plus it draws when they like cast their commander or cast a card from impulse oh, draw right. or yeah, yeah, cast yeah. a foretold card or any number of things. Yeah. You also have grasp of fate, which might be the best card in the deck. It's Gross. a one white white for an enchantment when grasp of fate enters the battlefield for each opponent exile up to one target non-land permanent that player controls until grasp of fate leaves the battlefield so this is three mana remove not just three six things Ugh, that's so much yeah and then white has now we've gotten skyclave apparition mm-hmm. uh and then you have cards like fiend hunter banishing light so white has had this ability for a while which is something comes in it gets rid of something else and tucks it away yeah i there's a ton of great options to make this an insanely controlling deck yeah um there's a ton of like oblivion ring type things there's a ton of oblivion mm-hmm. ring type creatures you can really keep the board clean yeah just go and watch that game nights episode and see how it ended to see how controlling mono white can actually be without Ooh. a single board wipe by the way because it could just do it by just doubling up on skyclave apparitions yeah and everything's stuff. a one-sided board wipe grasp of fate certainly is yeah no kidding all right we're talking about enters the battlefield so let's make them enter the battlefield twice again we're gonna blank them and again and again maybe more than just one time yeah so, for sure mono white has teleportation circle at the beginning of your end step you exile up to one target artifact or creature specifically mm-hmm. and then conjurer's closet any deck can play this and it's five mana for a creature to get uh exiled and return to the battlefield yeah one of my favorite sort of this and that's is sort of hearth and home it's a blinky sword yay uh it gives equipped creature plus two plus two and has protection from green and from white and whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player exile up to one target creature you control then search your library for a basic land card put both cards onto the battlefield under your control then shuffle equip two so uh you can blink a creature and you can get a land which in white this is a great way to ramp and a great way to get a little bit of value and that's why you really want those cheap like uh wall of omens and uh, spirited companion cards Mm -hmm. because you just have a little value piece to just keep blinking early yep and these are all very good and very powerful in this deck and it's like the combos you don't even really need to work at they just show up because you're blinking something and it does the ability twice so those those are like the the blink tech that we talk about the most yeah like those three are permanent based and, and great easy to repeat but with elishnorn some of them are even better than those <laughs> and it's permanents that have etb abilities yeah so like we talked about with grasp of fate touch the spirit realm is a very similar card but it's mm-hmm. got two ability another channel ability on it that makes this card just so sweet in this deck it's awesome so two in the white enchantment when it enters the battlefield exile up to one target artifact or creature until it leaves the battlefield that's just regular with alice now they'll get rid of two things but also has the ability to channel it from your hand so you pay one in the white discard it and then exile target artifact or creature and you return it to the battlefield and under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end set so it's just everything you wanted to do yeah it has the removal side and the bounce side Mm. this is like the perfect synergy card for a deck like this because it takes up the slot of two cards but for one 
Yeah. Uh, Charming Prince is similar. This card is always great Ugh, in... Charming in, Prince. <laughs> this card is always great in blink decks because he blinks and he's good to blink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he uh, enters the battlefield, you can choose one, scry two, or you gain three life, or exile another target creature you control, return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah, so you double up a blink with him. Mm-hmm. Nuts. He can't target himself, obviously, but you can see how this gets out of control, right? Charming Prince comes down, he chooses something like... Uh, you know, a fiend hunter to exile or a skycliff apparition and it does it twice. Mm -hmm. So it gets to do it again. And those are doubled. So it's, you really have to target different creatures because it doesn't return until the beginning of the next end step. So that one is something else. So you you exile, yeah, skycliff apparition and uh, what do we talk about? Like the aerial extortionist Extortionist, or a karmic guide and they come back and they trigger twice. So Um, yeah, you go from two triggers to four triggers basically. You're just exponentially getting stronger there. Restoration angel is very similar. Uh, Anything that is a permanent that comes in and blinks something. Felidar Guardian, Flicker Wisp. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of these. Uh, and then this really dumb card called <laughs> Preston the Vanisher. We wrote Pes- Preston the Vanquisher on the outline. Oh, did it? Maybe well, he's the Vanquishers. <laughs> Three in a white. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it wasn't cast, blink, create a token that's a copy of that creature. My goodness. You oh. blink the Charming Prince, it comes down, you get another Charming Prince. So yeah. You just get to exile four things. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Okay, so you pressed it on the field, and you just blink, like you just ephemerate a Skyclave Apparition. Ugh. Then the Skyclave Apparition enter, exits, comes back, hits two things. You Preston it- triggers twice, so you make oh, that's right. two White Illusions. They trigger twice. So it's two to six. So now you exile six things. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, it's a very powerful effect. Yeah, I quit. I, <laughs> I think, I think it's pretty easy to see that this is an extremely powerful white blink, uh, commander. It's a very controlling mono white commander generally. Yeah. So I wanted to see if there was something that you could do that was a little bit cuter with it. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bunny with blood dribbling down yeah. its mouth. Very cute. So I was thinking about what do we make this a mono white landfall deck? Oh, okay, cool. There's a lot of good landfall stuff in white. There's a lot of great landfall stuff in white, and landfall triggers twice. So we've got Felidar Retreat, which is a classic. Whenever a land enters, you either make a cat or you put a plus one counter on all of your creatures and give them vigilance. Uh, Emeria Shepherd is one of my favorite cards with landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may either return something from your graveyard to your hand, or if it's planes, you may return it to the battlefield. Seems good to double up. Wow. Emeria Angel makes makes birds with landfall. Trove Warden, you get to exile two things, and then, yeah, and then you get to put those back on the battlefield, right? Yeah, Trove Warden helps you put lands into play. So it's like whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, exile target permanent card with a converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard. Okay, so that cool. could be a land. Yep. And then whenever it dies, put each permanent exiled with it onto the battlefield under uh, your control. Mm-hmm. So you can either exile stuff from your graveyard or other play people's graveyard, and then they'll come back later. Yeah. Sun Titan oh. is going to bring back lands. We've mm-hmm. seen this all the time because it counts anything with mana value three or less. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, white has a lot of ways to put lands into play. Uh, extra lands, especially. Extra lands into play, especially from the graveyard. Yeah. yeah. Like, Sivin's Reclamation does this. Restoration of Igonjo does this. Mm-hmm. Our Chaomancer's map, which we mentioned before. Um, Sword of Hearth and Home is another great one Sword that we of talked the Animist, about before. Another one, yeah. 
Uh, Staff of Titania is like a weird colorless card that that makes lands enter the battlefield. Yeah, so we'll read this one again. It's a yeah. two-man equipment, equip three. Equip creature gets plus X, plus X, where X is the number of forests you control. And then whenever equip creature attacks, you create a 1-1 one, one green forest dryad land creature token. So it's a token that's a 1-1, one, one, but it also can tap for land. It is affected by something sickness, but this is kind of like having a tap land come in. Yeah, it just ramps you one, like it makes you a little mana dork every time. Yep. Deep known Terramancer um, as well. Great card from Baldur's Gate. Uh, Walking Atlas, another way to just pump lands on the battlefield, get those double landfall triggers. And then White, of course, has all of the catch-up ramp that we're used to, which doesn't seem super good in a landfall deck. Yeah, because you're definitely going to be in front of other people. Right. Unless you're playing like Zurin Orb or something, and you're right. actively sacking lands in your graveyard and then getting them back. Yeah, if the plan is to like, okay, I'm going to sack all my lands, and I'm going to cast my catch-up, my Knight of the White Orchids, or Loyal Warhound, or that kind of thing. And then you're like, okay, I'll cast uh, Brought Back, or something, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, brought Back doesn't quite work there. Cosmic, Intervention. Cosmic Intervention is yeah, a great one. Go. Planar Birth um, is a really weird card that says put all basic land cards from all graveyards into play under their owner's control tapped whoa so if you sackle your basic lands you can bring them all back yeah and then get 80 fellow retreat retreat triggers that's pretty i don't cool. know maybe there's enough maybe there's enough to do mono white landfall yeah but with this commander mm-hmm. kind of tough because yeah. <laughs> one mistake we made in game nights is not instantly removing it the, the time it came in and yeah. keep removing it over and over again because it does just sort of spiral out of control yeah, that's the thing is like you can't really do cute things with broken commanders. Like yeah. if you have it's like playing Chulain and expecting yourself to be and doing being like, yeah, shit. but I'm playing like boopity boop uh, <laughs> themed deck. I have twenty you know? cards, boopity boop. Uh, there's Brushwag Tribal, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, mm, I don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. So this does lead us to our next mini discussion point here, which is is Elish Norn ban worthy? So Sheldon Mannery, Godfather of the format, did write an article about this card. And he, uh, he, it was called Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, The Good and the Bad on mm-hmm. Star City Games. And in it, he's basically suggesting, like, look, let's look closely at the play patterns that Elish Norn creates and then whether or not that qualifies it to be a future candidate for a ban. Yeah, uh, Sheldon said this, I'm firmly in the camp that the card is a net negative for the format, but that's not the only part of the calculus. What remains to be seen and observed over the next quarter or two is if it's negative enough to take action on. Yeah, and this card does not look like it's going to offer positive play experiences. It's dangerously designed and then pushed mana-wise. Now, I do agree with that. Original Alishnorn, seven mana, Really powerful effect. Yeah. Minus two, minus two to every creature, plus two, plus two to your own. Mm-hmm. This is five mana. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind that Panharmonicon is four mana four. and doesn't have that second ability. And right. it's also not a four, seven vigilance. It's hard to remove, right? That toughness is pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, you can just say just play removal or whatever, but Elish Norn plus one card can sometimes feel like, wow, I'm out of the game completely. Yeah. I mean, like I, there's a lot of people who build around certain types where it's like my creature deck my sadisi brood tyrant deck is yeah. all about creatures everything's on a creature so most of my removal is stapled to an, a creature etv mm-hmm. so if there's an order torpor orb on the board or if there's an elishnorn on the board my removal isn't an answer for elishnorn That's right torpor orb is a good comparison for elishnorn's second ability and you don't see that card played very often yeah people don't love to play against it you wouldn't you you'd be surprised yeah i uh, what do you think is she too much for commander um what i think pan harmonicon yeah <laughs> I I agree that this walks and talks a lot like other band cards. This card reminds me of Holebreacher because it's really fun. It has this really fun ability where yeah. it's like Holebreacher has like whenever my opponent draws a card, I make treasure. 
Sick. That's amazing. It's Smothering Tithe in blue with flash. That's so fun. And then it also has this brutal clause <laughs> that says, actually, they don't draw the cards also. Yeah, sorry. You um, just get the thing. And that fun part, that really powerful part, makes people want to play it despite mm-hmm. that really, like, really brutal part. Yeah. And I wonder if that's how this is going to play out. If people are going to read it as, like, Elish Norn's a mean card and we, it's not appropriate for our playgroup, or if they're going to read it as, it's another Panharmonicon and I want it in my Blink deck. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, because, like, if Elish Norn was eight mana, it's a bit of a different question. Yeah, uh, for sure. Now, there is an eight mana what, mono white card that was banned that just allows you to not play any cards of the chosen color. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, Iona. And Iona. And the idea behind that is, right, positive play experiences. Because if you sit down with your sweet mono red deck and someone drops in iona or reanimates it on you and says red you're not playing commander you're not having fun yeah you're Um, not dead but you're definitely not playing and it's also about prevalence and that's the thing that it boils down to for me which is this is how we have seen uh, wizards design the commander value for mono white now Mm -hmm. if you look we talked about a lot of cards that have been printed recently keeper of the accord Mm -hmm. deep known terramancer archaeomancer's map Savin's Reclamation, Trove Warden, Felder Retreat. These are all cards within the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, right, if this is Mono White's thing, Enter the Battlefield abilities, it's not direct card draw. You have to have something happen to have it happen. Mm -hmm. Does Elish Norn always, is that always at the end of the road for any Mono White deck to be like, hey, you're building Mono White. If you're going to go down this road, no matter what, you open that door, it's going to be Elish Norn waiting for you to have you you put her in her deck. Right? I mean, that's the question is like, is she going to get played at the wrong tables? And that's when it, what leads to a card getting banned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if it comes at the cost of the play group or the experience. Right. So I have a pretty iron will and getting everything deleted from my board by Josh in that game nights got me pretty close to upset. I'm normally very cool-headed these days. <laughs> but now yeah. I was like, this is just un unbelievable <laughs> it's a real shame i mean we talked about preston together and these are both mono white blink commanders that like are exciting and are fun to play and are powerful but they're just too broken for yeah. casual players to build yeah, uh, yeah. so it's like a it just bit, gets there yeah it does it's it. it's, yeah. it's sort of a bummer because like i like playing mono white and i really like playing blink decks and i would like to be able to make preston or elish norn the commander of mm-hmm. one of those decks because like they're very exciting to me but the attaching this like power level or this second torpor orb effect just takes it sort of one step further where i need to be at a table where the players are comfortable with that yeah um, that's a good point. because a lot of players are not going to be like i am not interested in infinite combos or i am not interested in a uh yeah I just in want, a restricting effect like torpor orb. yeah I'm, I'm here for battle cruiser um, yeah. it's like you're bringing a knife to a gunfight yeah it just it just means it's not appropriate for more tables right um which uh makes the decks less fun if you don't get to play them as much okay so. well it's a really interesting question chat and commenters let us do know think? do you think elish norn is band worthy if not why if so why also i i want to hear if you're if you're like going to put her in a deck are you putting elish norn in one of your yeah. decks or not yeah. All right. Let's uh, go down the other side of the mono white chain here. Yeah, for, we got another mono white commander. Not as powerful, but actually, I think more interesting. Personally, mm-hmm. this is Skrelv Defector Might. It's a one white mana for a one one legendary artifact creature, Phyrexian Might, with Toxic One. So if you get dealt combat damage by this creature, they also get a poison counter. And Skrelv can't block. 
and it has for a Phyrexian mana, so you either pay one white or two life, tap, choose a color. Another target creature you control gains Toxic 1 and Hexproof from that color until end of turn. It can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. Pretty sweet. Yeah, so a lot of text there, but basically this is a little 1-1 with Toxic 1, but mm -hmm. it can also for one mana or two life, tap and give another creature Toxic 1, and then they get Hexproof from that color that you choose, and it can't be blocked by creatures of that color. So it's pseudo-unblockable. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sweet. Unblockable yeah. by those colors. Um, quick note on the difference between toxic and poisonous and infect. Uh, infect is equal to the power of the creature that dealt the damage and can be a non-combat damage. Yeah, it just says infect. It doesn't have it a number just, after it. Yeah, uh, whatever the power is, however much damage they deal in whatever way, you yeah. get that many poison counters. Poisonous is whenever they deal damage, you get that many counters. It is a trigger. It's whenever they deal damage, you get those counters. So right. it can be responded to. Yeah, you can... Uh, counter that that activated yeah you could stifle trigger. it or something right toxic is closer to lifelink it happens when the damage is dealt okay it, it, you cannot respond to it yeah okay also get a poison counter oh yes love that three versions of infect and you may <laughs> never see it once in your life <laughs> okay so back into mono white here yeah scrub has the ability to protect other creatures mm -hmm. uh, on your board which is kind of cool so it has this like mother of runes effect that we've seen kind mm -hmm. of before where it's an instant speed protection piece mother and of I, mites mother of mites a little baby <laughs> uh i i think there's one version of this deck that just looks like you're playing powerful creatures and you use scrub to protect them oh and it's just and you can cast it early and just have have that activated yeah. value open yeah. and it's kind of like a good stuff mono white deck i could absolutely seeing see that being the build where you're mm -hmm. like i just run my asper sentinels maybe you run some like little hate bears uh, that you want to protect on your board like right. a hush bringer which is a torpor orb type effect or an even <laughs> mind sensor or you play elish norn or yeah or like a dranish dranith magistrate and you just another card with super fun super fun card dranith <laughs> magistrate i i can see scroll being at the helm of that that kind of deck right okay. and using something like a god eternal a oketra that's whenever you cast a, a little creature you make a four, uh, four four zombie four. yeah yeah i could see that being a deck um i don't think it's the most interesting build of Skrelv, but i like just using mono white good stuff and me using Skrelv to protect those powerful creatures that white uh is very good at having. I feel like this deck also just gets you to Elish Norn yeah. if you build this direction into the good stuff area. Sure. Yeah, so I, I could see that being the build. But I okay. think uh, there's a more interesting build with Skrelv, and that's playing an aggressive version, really leaning into the unblockableness and the toxicness of it. Yeah. If you play Skrelv on turn one, there's a good chance you're going to hit with it two, maybe even three times before mm. someone's able to start blocking it. And, yeah. and then you just switch to something else, and then you make it unblockable, Skrelv's ability. Yeah. So you've got Plague Mirror. It's an in Effect creature, uh, Ikra Claw, Mirror, mm -hmm. Core Prowler. These are all OG classic, classic Infect cards. cards. Yeah, Ink Moth Nexus seems really Ooh. great in this deck. Uh, and then Tyne Shrike, mm -hmm. uh, just a flying Infect creature. So there's <laughs> lots of different ways to get Infect poison counters on people for sure. Yeah, there's also a lot of new white cards that make mites. Uh, so you could try and really lean into the mite direction with like a Skrelv's Hive, which is a new card. One in the white for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose a life and you create a 1-1 colorless Phyrexian mite artifact creature token with Toxic 1 and this creature can't block. And second ability, as long as an opponent has three or more poison counters, creatures you control with Toxic also have lifelink pretty good yeah um and it makes those yeah it makes me a little mite every turn i this one is a new card as well and is great i think it's white sun's twilight Ooh. x white white for a sorcery you gain x life 
Create X 1-1 colorless for Phyrexian Might artifact creature tokens with toxic 1, and this creature can't block. If X is 5 or more, destroy all other creatures. Wow. Imagine if you cast this for 5, you get 5 1-1s one of toxic 1. Yes, 7 mana, and you wipe kill. the board, and you get 5 toxic bodies. Yeah, swing, swing, swing. You're I mean, going to kill someone. That's pretty sweet. That's a, that's a pretty short clock, and people have to get blockers down quickly. Yeah, I like that. Um, actually, I don't like that. That's really <laughs> s- scary. Now, if you're not going the infect route, you could just go the aggressive, unblockable route, right? Well, like, uh, your might gives them toxic one. So you could just oh, that's like, right. play you... evasive creatures right. and, okay. uh, that are powerful in other ways. Yeah, Remorseful Cleric, great way to have so some graveyard good. hate on a flying body as well. So Tari Visionary, haven't seen this card played in a while. Yeah, but he's a little mashed potato boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's one white white shadow. It can block your Douthy Voidwalker. It says if Sotari Visionary damages a player or deals combat damage to a player, destroy an enchantment that player controls. Yeah, and, and if you give it Toxic, they'll take a little Toxic too. Yeah, I think one thing to note is that Toxic is much worse than Infect because mm-hmm. you could give Infect to a 5-5 and it deals 5 poison. But if you give Toxic 1 to a 5-5, it deals five damage and gives them one poison counter. So right. Keep that so in mind. I that's why I started leaning into some creatures with double strike. Oh, okay. So now if you give creatures with double strike toxic, that it'll trigger twice. So one in the set is Jawbone Duelist already has toxic, but I believe it stacks. I think if you give it toxic one twice, oh, then it's going to have the keyword toxic, toxic one, toxic one, one, toxic one. Right. So there'll be two separate instances of toxic triggering when they deal combat damage. So yeah, I think I that believe, does work. I believe so. Yeah, uh, that totally works. It's the same with like uh, training and stuff too. I think you can give them multiple instances. Of I it. think so. Yeah. Um, so Jawbone Duelist is a one in white for a double strike with toxic one. Uh, that's in all will be one, and it's a great thing to give unblockable to. Yeah, and then you got like Sky Hunter Skirmisher, which was a, a beating in Limited if you had the right stuff on it. But it's just a 1 1 flying double striker. Same with Avon Sun Striker. And you can Megamorph it. Yeah. Free the Megamorph. It comes in <laughs> even bigger, but that, that you're not worrying so much about. More about the double strike. Then you get two toxic counters on yeah. if they hit. Or I feel you, like you've mentioned this card a bunch of times now. It's really good with mites. Um, yeah. It's Goring Ceratops. It's five white, white for a dinosaur with double strike. When it attacks other creatures you control, gain double strike. Yeah. You can give it unblockable with your with your might and uh, and toxic. Then you're dealing two with it. And your whole board, which probably has toxic or infect creatures on it, also has double strike. That's a good point because there is a background that gives just your commander double strike. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. feel like if you're going the go wide route with toxic, because that's how I think you really kill someone, yeah. is you have a true conviction to give all your creatures double strike and right. lifelink instead. So, because you're yeah. going wide, you want to swing with a bunch of mites, especially with your white sun's uh, twilight. Twilight. Not, not, zenith. not zenith anymore. Not zenith anymore. Yeah. Um, and then if you're going the infect or the toxic route, it is really hard to get people to 10 fully through combat. So you're going to need yeah. some proliferate stuff as well. Luckily, there's some cool stuff. Yeah, a new one. Uh, Norn's Choir Master, 3 white white for a 5-4 Phyrexian Angel, flying for a strike. Whenever a commander you control attacks, enters the battlefield, or attacks proliferate. Pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, your commander costs 3 the next time it comes out. Mm-hmm. I could totally see also if you have a sack outlet, like a National's Altar, mm-hmm. you're sacking it, you're paying 1 mana the first time extra, the sacking it, paying 2 mana, and then you're just proliferating over and over again. That yeah. could totally be a end state win con with like 7 mana on the board. I could also see a version where you put like a, a Whisper Silk Cloak on your commander as well to mm-hmm. give it unblockable and shroud, and then you can just start attacking with it. Yeah. Uh, sort of Truth and Justice is a great way to proliferate in white. This is uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, put 
a plus one counter on each creature you control, a then creature. on okay. a creature you control, <laughs> excuse me, then if it, was printed, if it was printed yesterday, gross. it would say it would each. Say each. <laughs> You're right. But this was years ago in Modern Horizons. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it isn't that long ago even. <laughs> Grateful Apparition. This is the best white creature prol proliferator when it deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker you proliferate. Yep. So this, if you give grateful apparition toxic oh it hit, it'll hit, hit give a counter and then proliferate right. uh, and then brand new card staff of completion mm -hmm. three mana it's like staff of domination but for completing uh three mana artifact you can tap it to do four different things the first is tap pay one life destroy target permanent you own sack of thing, kind of sack basically yeah. <laughs> tap pay two life add one mana of any color yeah tap pay three life proliferate very good Tap, pay four life, draw a card. That's better than paying four mana, by the way. Yeah. Especially I mean, in mono white. I, I, I could see myself paying that rate. Mm -hmm. And then five mana, like Staff of Domination, untap Staff untap. of Completion. They got the Staff of Domination, too. Yeah. They're completing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if you're going to build the aggressive route, you're going to need some infect creatures mm -hmm. uh, because you're going to you're gonna want to have better ways to get poison counters on people. For sure. And then proliferate seems really important. Ways to buff them up, make sure that they punch yeah. through on the other side. And yeah. do not forget that proliferate stuff it's very important. I think we're going to see Scrub more in the 99. It I looks agree. really good in a Yoshimaru deck. It's, uh, yeah. Right? I, uh, Yoshimaru giving gets him that unblockable. counter. And then you can just occasionally give you, him Toxic 1. But the yeah. Hexproof and Unblockable is huge. really huge, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I, I, th I agree. I think we'll we'll see a lot of Scrub, actually. It's sort of like... Maybe I'll make a Yoshimaru Infect deck so it's like a poison Ooh. bite from a dog. <laughs> Poor Yoshi. He's completed too. Yeah. Oh, no. It just makes everyone a little cooler. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like the kid in high school when he finally gets, he wears sunglasses for the first time. Everyone's like, oh, who Whoa. is that? Are you cool? Yeah, it's like the opposite of the mask effect where you can only see people's eyes so everyone gets more mysterious all of a sudden. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this X card's sweet. I really like yes. him. And the name. Oh, yeah. Okay, you say the name first, okay. and then it I'll say the name. It is Unctus, Grand Metatect. Yeah, I'm going to go for Unctus. Unctus. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably Unctus. Okay, so it's one blue-blue legendary artifact creature, Phyrexian Vidalcan. It's a 2-4. Uh, other blue creatures you control have, whenever this creature becomes tapped, draw a card, then discard a card. <laughs> Pretty good. It's other blue creatures only. And then it says other artifact creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Looking a little bit like a grand architect now. Uh -huh. And then for a Phyrexian blue mana, so either two life or one blue mana, until end of turn, target creature you control becomes a blue artifact in addition to its other colors and types and activate only as a sorcery. But it doesn't require Unctus, Unctus to tap. So you can make your entire board artifacts. And then mm -hmm. if you have ways to tap those creatures as artifacts as well, then you're going to be able to draw this card pretty good yeah it seems like a really versatile interesting card here yeah it surprised me honestly with how much it can do um i want to get this out of the way because it's important to say but i don't think this is the cool way to build this it does go infinite with a fedo alchemist yep you can tap that to untap an artifact or a creature which means you tap a Fedo Alchemist, you loot with uh, with Unctus, Unctus, and then you use the ability of a Fedo Alchemist to untap it. Yeah. So you can tap it infinitely, draw your whole deck. Yeah, um, you can untap itself, notably. It's yeah. not another target. Vizier of Tumbling Sands is untap another target permanent yeah. that's so not itself. It also goes infinite with two untappers. Mm -hmm. So if you have Vizier of Tumbling Sands and like a Kelpie Guide, then the Kelpie Guide untaps the Vizier and the Vizier untaps the Kelpie and then yep. you draw and discard your whole deck and you've done it. Yep, Fate Fitcher as well. Yeah, Very yeah. good, yeah. yeah you, you win, win with a Thassa's Oracle Laboratory Maniac. Ta-da! You did it. Good job. Yeah. Goodness. Um... 
Okay, so let's talk about another way to build this. Yeah. And this is, again, like a lot like Grand Architect, a card that we very much uh, used to be a lot more popular mm -hmm. back in the day. Very powerful card, but it's all about artifacts. So there's definitely a lot of things on the card are hinting at this artifact build. Yeah. Is using like using artifact tech to draw and discard and using the the graveyard stuff that you would get mm -hmm. for artifacts. So like Emery Lurker of the Lock is a perfect card for this. Yeah. So uh, this costs one less for each artifact you control. It's two in the blue otherwise. Enters the battlefield, you mill four, but then you can tap it to choose target artifact in your graveyard and you can cast that card this turn. So mm -hmm. when you tap Emery, not only are you choosing a card, you're also drawing and discarding thanks to Unctus. So you can stack it. So you draw this card first and if that's a card that you somehow want, then Emery can target it. Uh, actually, I guess when you activate it, you have to target oh you're choose, right you when you activate it. it you have to target so you cannot I'm target the thing you've sorry. looted but you still loot to get you get stuff in your graveyard for emory next that turn. is the second time i've been wrong this episode that's a <laughs> I'm maybe more i just don't know, you mm, know? keep a tally let us know do uh, not keep a tally <laughs> do not let me know i i mean you can <laughs> don't tell jimmy <laughs> uh urza powerstone prodigy is a sweet card and incredibly oh, so good, good in this deck two and a blue for a legendary creature human artificer with vigilance it is a one three that says one tap draw a card then discard a card so you draw and discard a card then draw and discard a card thanks to unctus and then it says whenever you discard one or more artifact cards create a tapped power stone token this ability triggers only once per turn okay so every time you draw and discard regardless of whether that's with urza mm -hmm. you make a power stone if you if you've discarded an artifact which seems pretty good yeah, very good. Master Transmuter, you can pay a blue and tap it to return an artifact you control to its owner's hand, and then you get to cheat an artifact out from your hand on the battlefield. Yikes. Pretty good. So there's yeah. a lot of selection to find those big artifacts that you want to cheat, in, cheat into play. Portal to Phyrexia. Uh, Vidalcan Engineer or Renowned Weaponsmith both do the same thing. Uh, they tap for two mana of any one color uh, or colorless. It can only be spent on artifacts or activating abilities of artifacts. Mm -hmm. So if you're building an artifact deck, these are looters plus mana dorks. It seems quite strong. Yep, and then you have a card like Grand Architect. Which the man himself. Yeah. The inspiration. The inspiration. They look kind of similar, too. So mm. one blue, blue, other blue creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and you can pay a blue target artifact creature becomes blue until end turn. But big one, tap and untap blue creature you control, and you do the same thing as Renown Weaponsmith. You add colorless, colorless, only uh, can use it to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. Yeah, so Grand Architect doesn't tap himself. He taps other. Yeah. No, no, and it taps him too. It you could tap any number of blue creatures you control, and yeah. then you would draw and discard while still making that mana, which seems pretty insane. Actually. Now the cool combo, obviously, is you use Unctus's third ability to mm -hmm. turn a card like Urza Powerstone Prodigy into an artifact, and then Grand Architect can tap another blue creature to then pay for, uh, you know, like Urza's ability to pay one, yeah. and then draw a card, discard, tap. So you can use that mana there by turning other things into artifacts that have activated abilities. I mean, there's a ton, like Urza, uh, the other Urza, Urza Lord High Artificer is great in this deck as well if you're going to have a high density of artifact creatures. Yeah. Notably, it only works if you tap a blue artifact creature or if you turn something into, into an, an artifact. artifact yeah. So you do have to use Unctus's other ability to make Urza work, but it still taps stuff. It's very yeah. good. And again, you're probably going to be doing that because Urza is just nuts. Yeah. Uh, Springleaf Drum is Rose. a way to tap an untapped creature you control to add mana. And just bonus on top, you now get to draw a discard. 
Yeah, and then there's a ton of ways to tap artifacts to add to your casting cost. Oh, right. So Chief Engineer says artifact spells you cast have Convoke, so you can tap creatures to... Tap for one mana. Tap for mana, and or each a mana one color. draws and discards, Wow, which seems crazy. War of Invention, Improvise, your artifacts mm-hmm. can help cast it. Each artifact you tap after they're done activating mana abilities pays for one, so your artifact creatures now draw a discard if they're blue, right? Yeah, they have to be, they have to be blue to do it, so... But there's a lot of, like... I looked into it and there actually is a ton of relevant blue artifacts mm-hmm. that are also Well, you can also like just use Uncle's ability to yeah, turn it into to turn a them into artifacts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue artifacts specifically. Yeah. Uh, so there's a ton of improvised cards. A universal surveillance is a great one. It's blue, 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 X, uh, draw X cards, improvise. Oh, wow. And you add some draw discard on top of yeah, that. Yeah, it's a ton, a ton of selection. Yeah. Inspiring statuary just gives all the artifact spells you have with improvise. Yeah. So that seems just kind of nuts to be yeah. honest there's a, a good win con for this one i think is mirrored and besiege because oh, you're right. drawing and discarding so many cards it feels like getting to 15 artifacts in your graveyard is doable just make people win the game all right uh, this is mono blue and mono blue decks typically do not tend to also be on the fun uh, to play against side of the spectrum because it could just be very controlling yeah. as we've seen you could definitely lean into a control build here um there's a couple of cards that like tap to do stuff uh, Sly Investigator is blue and tap until your next turn target creature and opponent controls can't be blocked and goad that creature. Nice. You're goading and getting some selection. Dulcet Sirens does a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Hydar, Rhymewine Master. Haven't seen An this oldie. one in a while. Yeah, two mana tap, return target permanent to its owner's hand, and you can only play this if you control four or more snow permanents. So you just obviously just build the snow version of the yeah, lands in this to, deck, yeah. and if you're going to put Hydar in there. Still seems good. Uh, and then there's lots of ways to to tap creatures in here. Opposition is a terrifying way to tap Opposition. things down. Oof. Yeah, you tap an untapped creature you control to tap target artifact creature or land. Yeah, so and someone's upkeep, you just tap their entire board down. Pretty good. It happens. It's gross. Uh, Relic of Legends is another cool one. Yeah, this is a newer card as well. This card, I think, is going to become a staple. It's three mana for an artifact. You can tap it for one mana of any color, but you can also tap an untapped legendary you control to add one mana of any color. So if you have an all-legendaries deck, all of your legendaries can now tap. In this case, in the in the Unctus deck, your blue legendaries can tap mm-hmm. to give you mana. Um, Disgusting. Good win con for this version of the deck is the new Teferi, Temporal Pilgrim. It has a static ability that says whenever you draw a card, put a loyalty counter on Teferi. Mm-hmm. And then it has a crazy ultimate, which is a minus 12. It says target player chooses a permanent they control and returns it to its owner's hand. Then they shuffle each non-land permanent they control into their library. Whoa. Into their library, they put it. Yeah, that's yikes. terrible. But you're going to be drawing a ton of cards with Unctus. So I think it's um, I think it's worth it in this deck. Yep. I believe so, too. There's also a version of this deck that is Mill. Which Sneaky. I think is kind of fun. Yeah, because of Persistent Partitioners, right? Yeah. So one in the blue, one mana tap. Target player puts a top card of their library into their graveyard. And then you can tap four untapped advisors to make a target player put the top 12 cards, or uh, mill 12 cards. Mm. And you can have any number of Persistent Partitioners in your deck. They are also advisors. Yeah, so they're blue creatures that want to tap. They draw and discard. Plus, and they have a secondary tap ability, too, to tap yeah. other ones. Yeah. Plus, there's, like, a ton of cards that say whenever you draw, opponents mill. Mm. Um, so Psychic Corrosion does this. Mystic Redaction says whenever you discard a card, uh, each opponent mills, too. Oh, wow. Sphinx's tutelage to fairies' tutelage. Like, they, there's a ton of versions of this blue enchantment that mm-hmm. will turn all of the card draw from Unctus into 
uh, more mill. Yeah, and if you're in this deck, you really want to play Teferi's Ageless Insight or Al Harmat's Archive because that's going to double up your draws. Mm -hmm. And so very good in this mill build, but also just these two cards probably go in every other version of this deck. Yeah, it means it, it turns card selection into card, card advantage yeah. in this deck. It's nuts. So it's kind of like a hidden Bruvac, the Grandiloquent. Command. Yeah. Because yeah. if you play Bruvac, everyone knows what's coming. Exactly what's going on. But Unctus is kind of sneaky. Unctus. Unctus. Uh, Defiler of Dreams seems real good if you're playing Persistent Petitioners because that means all of your Persistent Petitioners could be cast for paying two lives. Uh, no, 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 there are two. No, excuse two. me for one uh, generic mana. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then whenever you cast a blue permanent spell, draw a card. So all of your persistent petitioners can trip. That seems pretty sweet. Yeah, and typically, I remember you guys talked about this, you and Josh, about how the blue one was not so great because you're not playing permanent based decks yeah. usually in blue, but this is a permanent based yeah. deck. So Mill Defiler. is very permanent based. So Defiler yeah. of Vigor is probably good in a lot of these. Yep, and then you just have all your regular Mill tech, Madden Cacophony, Fractured Sanity, uh, Memory Erosion. These are all ways to just get all them cards out of there and like, like this new version yeah, yeah this goofy version just <laughs> flying men or things <laughs> things that fly because when they attack they tap that's fun <laughs> yeah. that's fun she says as everyone looks at her unctus deck and goes all right you're just gonna combo off and kill us and you're like no it's no. about flyers <laughs> fairy seer uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty good scry two when there's the battlefield that way when it attacks you'll know whether or not you uh you want the card at the top yeah. Uh, yeah there's a lot of like cheap little flyers that do extra stuff thieving skydiver is oh, really yeah. good with kicker and you can steal uh, an artifact of of kicker cost and then there's a lot of like blue combat damagey stuff that you could play into. So Grazalax, Illithid mm -hmm. Scholar is a really good payoff for flying men. Yeah. It's so whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. Yep. Um, Heraldic Banner gives all of those creatures a plus one boof. plus so, a little boof, yeah. Uh, Candlekeep Inspiration, I think, is going to be your big one con if you're playing blue, mono blue aggro. Uh, either that, <laughs> it's four and a blue for a sorcery that says, until end of turn, creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards you own in exile and in your graveyard that are instance cards, sorcery cards, and or have adventure. So not many adventure cards, unless. But if you're, you're drawing and discarding all of this, you can really fill your graveyard yeah, up with with what you want. There. And then you just smack in for a big alpha strike. Seems cool. Uh, and then one last shout out to Josh Lee Quiet couldn't be here today because it's us and not him. That's it. That's <laughs> the only reason. Uh, is the Tim deck? Tim yeah. deck, Prodigal Sorcerer taps to deal damage and ping stuff around. So you could, I could totally see Unctus having something maybe into like a Gearson Starn uh, deck. Yeah. That definitely. You know, it's whenever another source deals exactly one damage to a permanent. Gearson does two damage to that permanent. Player. So maybe you do Gearson, a little Tago action, some mm. Prodigal Sorcerer, other pingers. All those little pingers. Ooh, yeah. That's pretty sweet. Nin the pain artist does a does similar, a similar thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. Good Unctus job. is sweet. Yeah, Unctus has a lot of potential. Again, very powerful, just easy to build into an instant win type commander yeah. as well. Make sure that if you're playing Unctus and you're not running the infinite combos that you mentioned that because I would expect it yeah. uh, if you don't mention it. Uh, the next commander is black. We're moving on to the black ones. It's Geth Thane of Contracts. Mm, like one, a good lawyer. <laughs> Geth's a lawyer. Yeah, he's been to school. Uh, <laughs> one black black for a legendary Phyrexian zombie. He's a 3-4. It says other creatures you control get minus one, minus one. Pretty good. Pretty cool. One black black tap, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains, if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Activate only as a sorcery. Okay. So this is a nice reanimator here. One black black tap it. However, the creatures you bring back will instantly get minus one, minus one from his other static ability. And yeah. if they're an X one, they die. 
Yeah. And if they die, they get exiled. <laughs> yes. Well, if they die and he brought them back. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they get exiled. Right. But if you just play them with him out, they also just die, but then they'll go to your graveyard yeah. like normal. <laughs> you then get brought back in exile. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, you cannot play your blood artists, uh, your Zulaport cutthroats, your viscera seers in this deck because they're all X1s. Mm-hmm. Uh, notably, don't play. There's a ton of the edict cards like Flesh Black Marauder that they have, their toughness is only one. Um, that's a really bad card in this deck. If yeah. you will play it, it will die, and you will have to sacrifice something else. Yeah. So uh, how do we build around this? Uh, seems like a drawback here. Geth needs a little bit of help, I think, to be as powerful as he could be. So I think we definitely want to give him haste. We mm-hmm. definitely want to untap him. Um, of course, Thousand Year Elixir goes into all decks if your commander has a tap ability. Uh, Patriarch Seal, I think, also goes in a lot of these decks. Right. It's a Yeah, it's a three-mana artifact that taps for one mana of any color, and it's as one in tap to untap target legendary creature you control. Yeah, your commander in this case. Seems good. Yeah, Rings of Bright Hearth. You can double up on the ability by paying two, so it's five mana to basically get two creatures out of your graveyard. And then Conjurer's Closet, because you can now exile that card, put it back, and it no longer has Geth's, sort of like if this dies, exile instead on it, yeah. right? That's your way to, to jump around his his exile clause. Okay, what about the minus one, minus one ability? Is there something cool we can do with that static ability? It feels like there should be. I, I looked, and there's not a ton of creatures that you want to die that are at one toughness. Uh, the biggest one I found is Stitcher's Supplier. Right. It's a one mana card. When it enters or dies, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Yes, so this, this is, is one mana mill six. One mana mill six is really strong. And yeah. if you reanimated him with Geth, you mill three more. You won't get the dies trigger because it's exiled instead. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, so I you see. could mill up to nine, which is actually a huge amount of mill for just just one mana. Well, four mana total, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, play it, dies, reanimate it, mm-hmm. and then when it dies the next time, it gets exiled instead. Yeah. Yeah, Golgari Thug is a dredge card that also when it dies, you put a creature card from your graveyard on top of your library. So that's just a way to play it instantly, bring something back, and draw that next turn or whenever. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to get Golgari Thug back in your graveyard and being able to just play it from your hand and, and get the dice trigger die. is yeah. is really strong, I think. Yeah, I think the only other deck that really stood out to me is there's a Shire Shizo's Caretaker mm-hmm. uh, build where you know, it says whenever a creature with power one or less is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step if Shire is still on the battlefield. And that, that deck plays Heartless Summoning, which also gives creatures you control minus one, minus one. That's cool. So that way you can play a card, a card that's a one, one, it instantly dies and instantly get that Shire trigger and then that sort of affects other things Mm. um so yeah i know that shiri decks play heartless summoning so that might be a way to think about um geth maybe even as a piece in the shiri deck yeah so here's the main thing is what are we reanimating we're building a reanimator deck yeah this is the most exciting part um and there's so many cool options and i think it's a very personal choice honestly yeah mono black has so many scary creatures and you just kind of choose what direction you want to go in right yeah i mean you could go as powerful as something like razaketh or you could go with something a little bit sillier like a thieving amalgam is five black, black oh for yeah you played snake. this the other day i played it the other day it's sweet at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep you manifest the top card of that player's library and whenever a creature you control but don't own dies its owner loses two life and you gain two life yeah so every instant you get a new two two it could be a sweet creature or just a cool card from their deck that they wanted but now you have yeah um but there's of course the classics masker worm still kills people still out of the blue yeah. all the time ancient Bra- killed me the other day really yeah well, you had too many creatures out that's i did why. Yeah. <laughs> ancient brass dragon is the seven mana elder dragon from the last Baldur's gate set this is not the most strong of all of them but still pretty good when deals combat damage you roll a d20 and then you put any number of target creature cards with total mana value x or less from graveyards anyone's graveyard on the battlefield under your control where x is the result yeah I mean, it's it's a reanimating. It's a way to reanimate 
other than your commander, which I think is probably yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's huge sweet stuff like Villas, Broker of Blood. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's an 8-8 eight, eight eight flying. Uh, it has black pay two life. Target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. And whenever you lose life, draw that many cards. Woo. That seems fine. Yeah, it seems more than fine. Seems very powerful. <laughs> Uh, this one I like a lot is Lorcan Warlock Collector. It's a new one. It's five black black for a devil. It says whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, you may pay life equal to its mana value. If you do, put it onto the battlefield under your control. It's a warlock in addition to its other types. If a warlock you control would die, exile it instead. Ooh, cool. So, yeah, it's like a it's sort of a worse turgrid. Yeah, it gets your fun. stuff back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now that you're throwing these things into the graveyard, Geth always loves to reanimate them in different ways. You could probably play the original Geth, but you could also play, just play Reanimate, Animate Dead, Necromancy, Stitch Together, Living Death, right? You're Now you're turbo milling and you're wanting, you're wanting to go nuts. Yeah. Cool stuff back. I don't think Geth's the only reanimation spell in here. You really want to have like multiple big things on board at the yeah. same time. All right. So we got to get some stuff into our graveyard. Oh, yeah. And I think it's cool that you have the reanimation in the command zone. So you can really dedicate a lot of slots to self mill. Because you know you're going to be able to do it with your commander. Yeah. Right. It does. It's a little pricey, right? Six mana basically to do it the first time mm. and then three mana after that. Yeah. Uh, brand new card, though. Hostile Negotiations. A lot of people like this card. Three in the black for an instant. It's kind of like Factor Fiction. You exile the top three cards of your library in a face down pile and then you exile the other three cards in another face down pile. You can look at the cards and then you choose one of them to turn up. Uh, turn down for what? Turn up for what? And then an opponent chooses one of those piles. That pile goes into your hand and the other goes into your graveyard. So there's lots of interesting options here. And you can't choose how to split the cards. It's just three and three. But you choose which one your opponent sees. And then they're like, all right, that one goes to your hand. Or no, let's put that one to the graveyard. Yeah. With Geth, it's a hard decision because you're like, you're using your graveyard. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, this one's crazy. It's Angel of Suffering. Three black black for a nightmare <laughs> angel. If damage would be dealt to you, prevent that damage and mill twice that many cards. Yeah, you might mill yourself out with this. Be careful. Actually. Be a little careful. Uh, yeah. Put an Eldrazi in there or something, but you will mill. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, Doom Whisperer. I'm surprised I don't see this more. It's a 5-5 five, five, or a 6-6 six, six flying trample for five. You can pay two life to surveil two. So you look at the cards and you choose to put them in your graveyard or uh, back on top of your library in any yep. order. Yeah, that card's cracked. Yeah, so you're just milling like crazy and you're paying like eight life to look at eight different cards at the top of your library. Seems pretty good. Uh, this one's sweet. Scion of Hollister. It's a background for one in a black. It says commander creatures you own have. The first time you would draw a card each turn. Instead, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your graveyard and the other one back on top of your library, then draw a card. Hmm. So it gives you an option to mill and then get that, still get that draw. Yep. Uh, Ultra of Dementia, classic. Sack your own stuff, reanimate it, and mill at the same freaking time. Uh, these kind of decks also want discard outlets just in case you get like an eight mana creature in your hand and yeah, you're you like, I can't cast this. Uh, a cool one that I found was Bog Witch for two and a black. It has black tap, discard a card, add black, black, black to your mana pool. Oh. So that is exactly the cost of guest activation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Pay you... a black, discard a card, and you have now have three black to do something with. Mm-hmm. Or play back. Necropotence. Ooh. Don't do that because then you can't discard to your graveyard anymore. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also play Bone Shards. It, you discard a card to kill a creature or Planeswalker for one black mana. So that's just extra nice value there. Um, and then lethal scheme, two black black for a convoke card, destroy target creature, planeswalker, and then each creature that convoked it connives. So they draw a card, discard a card there. So you can convoke this for all four of the mana, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. 
or just put it in the graveyard yourself. In tomb. Uh, in tomb, buried alive. Uh, there's a cool one called Orique Lore Mage that came out in Strixhaven. It's two black black for a human warlock. Has an ability that says tap, search your li- library for a card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle. If it's an instant or sorcery, put a plus one counter on Orique Lore Mage. Nice. You're probably putting a creature in there, but yeah, you know. Yeah, you probably. It's uh, in tomb on a stick. Okay. All right. Very cool. So we are now past the first half of the monocolored legendaries from Phyrexia. All will be one. We have five more monocolored legends to talk about, including a commander that turns all of your creatures into juggernaut. Juggernaut. Very exciting. But before we get there, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our mid-roll sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back, everyone. It's time for Phyrexia Obi-Wan, the second half of the monocolored commander review. There's a lot, and this is another one. Okay, um, let's go right into it. We're still in mono black, surprisingly. Yeah. This one's actually really interesting. It's 
Kinzu of the Bleak Coven. Wasn't Coven a thing in a set? Uh, some it a, wild it's a witchy thing witchy thing yeah. yeah but now it's a phyrexian vampire that costs four in the black and is a five four with flying whenever another non-token creature you control dies you may pay two life and exile it if you do create a token that's a copy of that creature except it's a one one and has toxic one mm-hmm. very cool so this reminds me immediately of luminous Broodmoth or nightmare shepherd specifically very nightmare shepherd yeah but it. you're making little toxic copies instead yeah, yeah little toxic boys yeah um so the first thing I thought of was like rinse and repeat. You are now getting another enter the battlefield ability, right? For sure. Yeah. Sack outlets and ETBs are going to be really, really strong. In this yeah. Deck. And saw in half. This card is legal in so commander. Good. And in this deck, it's pretty good. So saw in half two in the black instant destroy target creature. If that creature dies this way, its controller creates two uh, tokens that are copies of that creature, except their base power is half that creature's power and their base toughness, half that creature's toughness. Mm-hmm. And you round up each time. And Kinzu brings the one you destroyed right back, so you're gonna have three enter the battlefields uh, yeah. off of the saw in the half. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it's not an instead trigger with Kinzu. So you saw in half, the creature dies, and then it's gonna die this way, and then it's Kinzu, I believe, sees it and says, yeah. "Whenever another non-token control dies, you can pay two life and exile it." So mm-hmm. saw in half resolves, then Kinzu resolves. Mm-hmm. And you get to have three copies of that card now. Seems good. What are we copying? Noxious Gearhole. Yuck. Grave Titan. <laughs> Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Uh, yeah. So Woo. I think like really strong enter the battlefield abilities is one way to go. And another way is just really powerful static abilities. Absolutely. If you want to have three Crypt Gas with Saw in half or just one Crypt Gas that comes back, right? Because people try and kill this card really quickly. Yeah, for sure. Your Blood Aris, your Viscerous Seer. These are all static abilities that you're totally fine if it comes back on a 1-1. I could absolutely see Kenzu getting slotted into like Orzov token decks because if oh, you yeah. want to double up on your, um, you yeah. want to be able to sack things and still have that the static abilities. Right, right. And you just need that last couple of creatures to sack. You'll sack, mm-hmm. pay the two life. You're already gaining so much life. Yeah. yeah. Kenzu seems like a really, really good, good card in that. Um, so I think the best way to build this deck is also the most brutal. I don't recommend it, but I wanted to mention it. It's the Edict Creatures. It's Ugh. all of your Plague Crafters. It's your Gravelighter, Fleshbrag Marauder, Dem- Demon's Disciple, Merciless Executioner. There's a ton of these. Yeah. <laughs> but all of them say when they enter the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature, sometimes or a Planeswalker or yes. discard a card. Awful. It's if you terrible. want to beat me in Commander, play a bunch of these cards. Oh my god! And it's you will beat me every so time. So brutal to play against, <laughs> and I know somebody's going to do that with all of these because it's very powerful. You cast it, you sack it, you pay the two life, you, you bring it, it back, again, they, you sack, pay, they again. sack again, and you yeah. sack this again, and it's over. Yeah, I think the way it works with Edicts is like the first one's okay, the second mm-hmm. one hurts, and then by the time you get to three or four, it's just board wipe. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and I, it's going to be a very, very controlling deck, and it will likely win with one of the big black expels, Torment mm-hmm. of Hailfire, Exanguinate, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, which is just not very fun to play against and is not very fun to build. Yeah. And, um, so I don't recommend it, but recognize that that is a very brutal strategy. As to, it goes uh, with, it build. seems like with all the monocolored decks, there is one like clear, this is the brutal fast, like right with Unctis, yeah. it was infinite draw and yeah. win on that, mm-hmm. you know, mono white Elish Norin and says the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a really mean way to build monocolored decks basically because they have to be focused because they're a single color. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but the thing that I do like about these edict cards is that they send themselves to the graveyard immediately. So you don't even need a sack outlet. So I was like, okay, what can we look at? That does that. Yeah. 
Shriek Ma, great yeah. call. You evoke it for one in the black, and then for two more life. So one in the black, two life. You kill two non-artifact, non-black creatures. Seems pretty That's good. That's pretty sick. Bone Treader does a similar thing. It's a target non-artifact, non-black creature, but it has echo. Oh, so so you don't turn. pay the echo cost. It'll die, and you can bring it right back. Yep, yep, yep. It's also great with exploit. Oh, that's right. So exploit means when you cast the spell, you can, uh, when there's the battlefield, you can sacrifice another creature, including itself, to get the extra ability on it. Uh-huh. So you can actually play a Sadisi Undead Vizier, mm-hmm. exploit itself. Yep, it dies. Pay two life. Yep, bring it back. Bring it back. So now you're tutoring, you're demonic tutoring for two cards. Yeah, and you either leave the 1-1 one, one with Dexic, uh, Death Touch and Toxic, or you, and you sacrifice something else, or you just sacrifice it again, and you paid five mana to tutor two cards to your hand. Yeah, that's nuts. Seems pretty good. Uh, Fell Stinger's cool. And when it exploits a creature, target player draws two cards and loses two life. So then that's three mana and two life to draw four cards, lose four, four plus li- six yeah. life total, I guess. Uh, Yeah, six life total. Yeah. Still good. Three, still mana, good. three mana four cards, I'll take it. Yeah, still good. Uh, Vulture Haven does a similar thing. It does exploit uh, yep. and draw some cards. Yeah. I think that is obviously the most powerful way to use exploit. Is <laughs> just yeah. when you can do it again. Yeah, especially just immediately with, do it again. Yeah, but sack outlets are just so good in this deck because, yeah. again, you just want to wait for the creatures to die. Yeah, and so then, Yawgmoth, Thran Physician is going to be great in this deck. It's a really solid sack outlet and yeah. uh, it will help you like reuse those ETBs that... Um, that are so powerful in black. So your gray merchant of Asphodels, yep. uh, your abhorrent overlord is an insane one. You make harpies for your devotion to black. Oh my goodness. Uh, Cadaver imp even too, just a mm-hmm. card that enters the battlefield, returns a creature card from a graveyard to your hand. I really liked these ones that have ETBs and also have evasion on them yeah. because that makes that toxic one pretty good. Oh, right, so right, like right. Pilgrim Eye and that kind of thing. If you can sack it, you'd get to draw two lands, I think Pilgrim Eye is. Yeah. And then you have a 1-1 flying with Toxic. Yeah, now notably Kinzu does exile the creature when you use its ability, but there are going to be a lot of times when you're just going to have creatures in the graveyard and Kinzu's not out. So yeah. having something that brings stuff back is just, you're going to be happy it's there. It's not a Nambo. Yeah. Uh, you wrote Relentless Rats as an entire topic here. I think it's fun. So you Kinzu? could do a Rats deck here because they still get the plus X plus X bonus even if they're a copy token. Oh, that's right. So Relentless Rats say gets plus one plus one for each other creature on the battlefield named Relentless Rats and you can have any number of them. Yeah. So they come back as a 1-1 one, one, but they still have that static ability text right. and they're still Relentless Rats. So Kinzu protects your board in that way and then if they if there's a board wipe you can bring all your rats back Ooh, and they're still huge. Okay. It's pretty cool. Hey, I'm sitting down with Kinzu. Oh, is this Edict Kinzu? No. No. This is Rats Kinzu. Rats Kinzu. Uh, Icar Rats is particularly good. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> because it <laughs> is awful. It's one black black for a rat with infect. It's a 2-1. And when it enters the battlefield, each player gets poison counter. Wow, you're right, because it comes back as a mite with toxic one and infect. And infect. So now it's going to deal. <laughs> so it's ETB. Everybody gets an infect counter. Sack it. And comes bring back, it back. Everybody gets, gets an, an infect counter, counter. And now it is as infect, infect and, to- and toxic one. <laughs> and it's a rat. <laughs> I hope Craig is not within hearing distance of this podcast. And there's some cool rat stuff. Chittering Witch is a great ETB that makes rats. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, there, You can give rats Death Touch with Ogre Slumlord. You can give uh, rats you control Menace with Piper of the Swarm. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of cool mono black rat commanders that have been printed recently, uh, like Ashcoat of the Shadow Swarm. Yep. was from Jumpstart. Yeah, I think that's actually the best rat commander ever printed. So yeah. if you're looking for a cool rat commander, it's <laughs> Kinzu or it's Ashcoat. This, this, this is my rat infect combo. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. It's Crypt Rats. Okay. Or two in a black. It has an activated ability that says X Crypt Rats deals X damage to each creature and each player. Uh, spend only black mana on X. Oh, it kills itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you just give it grafted exoskeleton. <laughs> Woo! 
careful don't kill yourself don't x, kill yourself x can't be 10 uh but if you, they already have an infect counter or two right. on them x could be six yeah that's cool pretty that's, sweet yeah that's that's sweet and you that's, gotta do it again yeah. in case they try and kill your crypt rats yeah there you, you go know. uh go to equip kill your crypt rats bring it back mm. Okay, very cool. Yeah, Infect seems like, again, another powerful way if we're going along with the Toxic mm -hmm. Might uh, route. You got Flesh Eater and Black has a ton of ton Infect. A ton of up. these. Skittles, yeah. Skitherix, the Blighted Agent. Dragon is definitely sort of like the big one. But you got Plague Stinger, Core Prowler. Yeah, uh, and that has a dice trigger when it goes to the oh, graveyard. Yeah. You proliferate, Oof. so you could use use it. Oof, with a sack outlet doing it twice. Ooh. Game over. Gross. Phyrexian Crusader, protection from red and white with just Infect, and it's a first striker pretty good give it toxic too then it deals then it gives you three yeah again right when these creatures die they already have infect they keep their text box and now they have an additional toxic one on top right. of everything and don't so. forget kinzu is a five four flyer if you can give if you can give oh, kinzu right. uh infect with crafted exoskeleton or phyresis which is an aura mm -hmm. that does the same thing that's two hits ko like tainted strike tainted yeah. strike yeah gross. very good yeah in that case you know if we're giving other creatures uh, evasion that already have evasion infect you got Douthy voidwalker is really yeah. good what i like about Douthy is it sacks itself so you can oh, use Douthy and, and then sack it to cast the spell and it comes back and now it's a one one with shadow and toxic one cheese yeah Seems okay. Douthy's good. Seems okay. Yeah. Sturge, Sturge is Sturge. Yeah, yeah, it's just a 1-1 one, one flower camp block. And you can sack it to draw a card. Uh, and you also have Hope of Gearper. This is really good, mm -hmm. right? Swing with this. Make that person not be able to cast non-creature non spells until your next turn. And then you get another one back. Do it again the next turn. You can really... Mm -hmm. This is a way for a tox, an infect deck, I think, to like take out one player, then aim for the next one, take them out too. Any of these evas evasive creatures that have sack abilities, I think, are going to be very strong. Like yeah. Ginger Brute is great. You can just sack it, gain three life, bring it back, and now you have a 1-1 one, one unblockable with Toxic. Uh, Pilfering Imp does the same thing. You can make you can uh, take, a, to... take a card out of their hand, and yeah. it comes back. You've got a 1-1 one, one flyer with Toxic. Grim Hireling, whenever one more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you create two treasure tokens. Yeah, that's yeah. if you're trying to deal combat damage in black, you are not leaving Grim Hireling at home. Yeah, very good. All right, well, moving on. Uh, that was good card. Card good. Card one powerful. One more mono black commander, and it's the most boring of the bunch. I'm sorry, guys, but we got to talk about it. It's Vran Executioner Thane. Cool name, though. Uh, yeah. One in the black for a 2-2 Phyrexian Vampire. Whenever one or more creatures you control die, each opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. This ability triggers only once each turn mm, they okay. did not print a better blood artist unfortunately <laughs> no no but this is still i think good if you have a board state where you have this out or a blood artist and you can have four creatures to sacrifice over the four turn cycle right because that's eight life or that's six life from your opponents right and that that seems like a lot i think this is well balanced to be a commander i'm very glad it says only once per turn this would be completely insane oh absolutely and um, it would just also be forced into every single aristocrats deck ever i still yeah. think this makes it into a lot of aristocrats decks though. i agree i think we're going to see more of this in the 99 particularly in the 99 of like an ellis ilcor sadistic pilgrim is just white and black and oh, that's yeah. roughly the same thing but um there's a lot of ways that you can make sure that you're sacrificing a creature every turn. Black's yeah. really good at making sack fodder. Yeah. Um, and it's, it has a lot of things that encourage you to have a creature die every turn. Yeah, Ghoulish Procession's great. Whenever one or more non-token creatures die, you create a 2-2 black zombie creature with Decayed. Mm -hmm. But that only triggers once a turn, but that's okay. You have another thing to sack. You're sacking a creature every turn. Morbid yeah. Opportunist draws you a card every time a creature dies. Yep. Ophiomancer. This is probably the best card in the deck, right? For sure. Absolutely. Because at the beginning of each upkeep, upkeep, if you control no snakes, mm. you create a snake creature with Death Touch. Sack it. 
Next turn, snake. <gasps> Sack it. Next turn, snake. Every turn you can do this. It's crazy. Thieving Amalgam. Thieving Amalgam. He's Once back. Once again, comes I back. I love him. Speaking of snakes, uh, anything that makes a token every single turn that just gives you something to sacrifice is going to be great. So yeah. Thieving Amalgam, great unclean one, is from the um, Warhammer decks. Oh, and this it card says, is actually really good. It's really solid. It's four and a black for a four or five demon. It says at the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses two life. Then for each opponent who has less life than you, create a one, three, black demon creature token named plague bearer of nurgle yeah so you're gonna be able to do that a lot yeah right? it's on your end step but like if you make three creatures you're gonna have a creature for each turn to sacrifice and your entire aristocrat strategy is to get more life than your opponents yeah so they're gonna have less life than you make tokens you can do it underworld hermit is great we talked about mm-hmm. abhorrent overlord both of them make tokens for your devotion to black which is gonna be high very in a good. mono black deck. Now, what the heck is this card called? Tombstone Stairwell. Oh, I bet you most can... of you have not heard of this guy. <laughs> it's a mess. Two black black. Let's read the original text so you can decipher it. <laughs> Enchant world, cumulative upkeep, one in the black. During each upkeep, each player puts into play, uh, creates a tomb spawn token for each summon card in their graveyard, for each creature in their graveyard. Treat these tokens as two two black creatures that are unaffected by summoning sickness and count as zombies. So they're zombies. <laughs> At end of any turn... Or if Tombstone Stairwell leaves play, bury all those tokens. So, so on every upkeep, upkeep, every player puts a two, two, two zombies into play with haste equal to the number of creatures in your graveyard. Wow. So okay. if you have like if you have the most creature cards in your graveyard, you can just you put could, five zombies. Yeah, you have like, five zombies. They all die. Five zombies. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They all die. At the end of any turn. <laughs> any yeah. every turn this does. Wow. It. Yeah, it's really gross. That is gross. If you have a blood artist or a Zerlo Poor Cutthroat in addition to your commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that point you just have tons of triggers. You should just win with one turn rotation if no one can stop you. You would think that yeah, that cumulative upkeep is really pretty irrelevant if I you want have the original for art it. for this card. It's incredible. It's right? also illustrated by someone named Dom with an exclamation point. Dom's I've never great. seen that Dom. before either. <laughs> Wild. Uh, a sweet one. Okay. And then sack outlets. Gotta have them. Viscera Seer, Yeheni, Undying Partisan. You can also use cards like Deadly Dispute to sack creature for value. You and only need one speed. creature to die, so those those spells are actually quite good in this deck. Yeah. Demir Houseguard allows you to just sack creatures to regenerate it. Yeah, it also Pretty has Transmute, cool. which is a tutor for any four drop in your deck. And oh. in black, there are some pretty good ones. Yeah, Crypt Ghast. Deadly Rollick, mm-hmm. Pitiless Plunderer, all very, very good. Yeah, super strong in, in a deck like this. Yeah, I like that. Cool. All right, cool, Vran. Uh, probably a 99 card, though. Yeah, I think we'll see most of them in the 99. But. All right, next up, finally, Mono Red. We're Woo! on to Red. Oh. read this one? Slow Bad. Iron Goblin. Golem. <laughs> Goblin. <laughs> Goblin? I wrote Golem. <laughs> He's not a Golem. <laughs> He's not a Golem. That but I could totally was, see. That was the, the multicolor. You were going Bosch Iron Golem. Yeah, right? I did. I just finished Golem. This is Slow Bad Iron Goblin. Yeah, there's Golem. <laughs> there's the Golem, yeah. You know, they're kind of doing this with Unctis and with Slow Bad. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Uh, obviously, Goblin. these versions are Phyrexian sad. Yeah. Uh, actually, great. So cool. Two and a red for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature Phyrexian Goblin Artificer. Tap, sacrifice an artifact. Add an amount of mana equal to the sacrifice artifact's mana value. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. Cool. So again, this is like that Power Stone text. Uh, it's actually not. It's Yeah, you're right. It's actually not. But it's similar. Yeah, it's uh, Power Stone uh, rocks you can use to cast any activated abilities. This is only for activated abilities of artifacts. Oh, right. So you can't, yeah. you, okay, it has to be an artifact. Okay. Yeah. So it's even more restrictive then. Yes. And it also can't be used for triggered abilities of artifacts. So I wanted to mention that because Nim Death Mantle is actually quite good in this deck. 
it has a triggered ability that it's like when the equipped creature dies, you pay four. Mm-hmm. But you can't use slow bad mana to pay for that four. It's a triggered it's ability. It's a triggered ability rather than an activated ability. Same with mana vault. You have to pay it and you're during your uh, the beginning of your upkeep. So it's not like you can just pay four into it. It's like if you look at, you know, all the other big mana rocks like Basalt Monolith, mm-hmm. those have abilities that yeah, you can pay with You could bad. absolutely pay into a Basalt Monolith. Okay, cool. But this seems really powerful again in the 99 because every big mana artifact deck is going to love this card right you sacrifice something you get into the graveyard and then boom you have seven mana to play with yeah like bosch iron goblin (laughs) (laughs) maybe there's a little goblin sitting in the control yeah yeah maybe maybe that's it maybe Maybe it's slow bad maybe slow bad's in his head in his head (laughs) yeah so bosch obviously wants to sacrifice big artifacts already slow bad just gives you another way to even ramp into bosch later in the game yeah mishra eminent one just creates tons of artifacts you're already going to make a bunch of artifacts and so now you have slow bad to help cast those big stuff yeah and then mishra is going to copy them the warforged ones yeah exactly because they're copies so they well, have the, the cmc oh they are copies you're yeah. right oh copies oh so good right I think yeah so. to create that's a, a token that's a copy yeah i think so yeah so it'll have the cmc of uh wow. of, of whatever you make a copy of if it doesn't then we were wrong and then that's mark all. a tally down i'll mm. take that one nice sick osgear <laughs> the reconstructor similar thing you're trying to sack artifacts bring back sick ones yeah. and i really think you're just trying to play portal to phyrexia this card is a house nine mana enter the battlefield each opponent sacks three creatures and then it kind of does a shielded thing on your upkeep except it's from any creature it any graveyard reanimate something from any graveyard yeah. it's a very very strong i think this card is going to be a menace to the format for a bit here it's you're going to see a lot wild. of portal to phyrexia I really it's really something um (laughs) so i think i think this deck really wants to maximize the amount of mana you're you uh you're making you want to cast high cmc stuff for low mana okay so something like oxidagolem is very good in the deck it's a six mana artifact creature that has affinity for mountains oh so if you four mountains this thing costs two and sacks to make six artifact red mana Mm. Uh, or like sojourner's companion has affinity for artifacts anything with affinity for artifacts is going to have a high cmc and you're going to be able to cast it for cheap so this is a seven cmc spell for example yeah it's pretty good uh you can also sneak attack in your big stuff Mm -hmm. and because sneak attack doesn't exile the cards they just go away to the graveyard why not sneak attack out your bosh and then use your slow bed to sack it and get eight mana yeah same, same thing goes with arms race is really similar there's also perforos uh blood blood something i don't know the newest perforos also blood, puts big artifacts blooded. bronze blooded golem yeah <laughs> I knew it was very blood bloody. <laughs> very blood, blood, blood. Yeah. Uh, Ugin's Nexus. Great right? thing to sack. Yeah, you can sack this and you get to take an extra turn after this one. Mono red extra turns with Ugin's Nexus. Pretty darn good. good. I love sacrificing a coveted jewel with this. This Ooh. is a six mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, you draw three cards and it taps for three mana of any color. So it gives you the mana, three and, of the mana back pretty quickly. And it has a little bit of a downside. It's like whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, that play, creature's controller can steal the coveted jewel, but slow bad sacrifices it. So you pay six, <laughs> you tap this thing for, you draw three cards, yeah. you tap this thing for three red mana, then you sacrifice it and you get six red mana back. Now nice. you have like net three mana and you've Drew drawn three, three cards. cards. <laughs> yeah, that's really Seems good. very strong. Ruin Grinder is five and a red. When it dies, each player may discard their hand and draw seven cards. So this is just a way for you to have a wheel on a stick that also, right, importantly with wheel, you need more mana. So you instantly get six mana from Ruin Grinder when you sacrifice mm-hmm. it. That's pretty cool. Uh, Ingenuity Engine is a card I like a whole lot. It's a seven mana artifact with Cascade. And it says one tap, sacrifice an artifact, return target artifact you control to its owner's hand. Oh, okay. So you could sacrifice a treasure, return to Ingenuity Engine, and recast it for Cascade. Nice. 
Or you could just cast a kit to Cascade and then sacrifice it and use that mana Seven for something mana. else. Yeah. Retributive one uh, is an old M20 card. It says when it's put into the graveyard from the battlefield, it deals five damage to any target. So yeah. you get a little bit of extra stuff there. Yeah, I think it's a nice little removal spell in here. Yeah. Uh, you could always steal something to sacrifice. Treasure oh, yeah. never loves to do this. Yeah, whenever an opponent taps an artifact from mana, gain control of that artifact until the end of your next turn. Typically, th- uh, threaten effects and steal effects aren't so great because they go back, but mm-hmm. not when you have a sack outlet. Typically, you see this with like red-black decks, yeah. but this is artifacts specifically, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Helkai Tyrant also steals artifacts when you deal combat damage to them. So yeah. Steal their their artifact and sacrifice it for mana. Yeah, same with Opportunistic Dragon takes an artifact. Uh, very good. And then if you also like are making token copies of stuff like Felden of the Third Path, mm-hmm. you sacrifice something and you choose, hey, you know what? I'm going to get that creature artifact, creature back on the battlefield. And it's now an artifact in case mm-hmm. there are some non. There wasn't. Yeah. And then you can use Slow Bad to sack it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I like Mimic Vat a whole lot in this deck, too. Um, it's a three-man artifact that has imprint. Whenever a non-token creature dies, you may exile that card. If you do return all other cards exiled with Mimic Vat to its owner's graveyard. One and at a time, please. Want just one. And then it says three, tap, create a token that's a copy of a card exiled with Mimic Vat. It gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. So notably, you can use slow bad mana to activate Mimic Vat. Oh, right, right. Uh, if you want to, if you're untapping him or if you're you have a ton of this extra yeah. like Power Stone mana, it can go into the Mimic Vat. You probably want to play Liquid Metal Torque in this deck, too, then. Probably. So you could turn Felden into an artifact and then use Slow Bad's man for that, too. There you go. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Jax is the Troublemaker, also very good in this deck. Yeah. You can tap red, discard a card, create a token that's a copy of another target creature you control. It gains haste. And then when it dies, you draw a card. Yeah, so, so if you... Cool. Yeah, make a token copy of a worm coil engine and oh, then yeah. you sacrifice it and you draw a card and you make the two things and then you add six artifact mana. That seems okay. That there's seems fine probably way. a way to go infinite in this deck, right? There's a, there's definitely a way. Uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but here's the way. It's Thornbite Staff. <laughs> um, Thornbite Staff, it, it says blah, 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 blah. And then it says whenever, whenever a creature, <laughs> then it says whenever a creature ah. is put into a graveyard from play, untap this creature. Very good. Um, thousand year elixir once again up to the up to the batting plate at, it, we'll pay one mana untap a target creature patriarch seal is back anytime you have a creature with tap a uh, commander with tap you want to untap it yep uh, and here's how we go infinite jimmy it's okay. spine of ish saw ah yeah seven mana artifact when it enters the battlefield destroy target permanent once it put in, when it's put into the graveyard you bring it back to your hand wait a second <laughs> tap so put it into the graveyard yeah it, so if it's, it's equipped mana. with a Thornbite Staff, if you have Slow Bad with Thornbite Staff on yep. it, you cast Spine of Yashsa, you blow up a creature. Untap Slow Bad. And it, you, uh, yeah, trigger on the stack, you sacrifice the Spine of Yashsa, it goes back to your hand and you Slow Bad the untaps, mana. you got seven man played again. Yep. And blow up another creature. Once you start blowing up permanence, it's a little different because that will not untap mm-hmm. Slow Bad with a Thornbite Staff. But yeah, you kill every creature you, on the battlefield. Yep for as long as you want and it's still yeah. in your hand you also can just blow up a permanent and then just get seven mana and play it again yeah it's i think spine of Ish saw seems insane in this deck yeah that card only keeps going up i remember thinking ah oh, it's cards falling out of favor and uh-huh. then you know you can do some gross stuff with it yeah you can mishra do stuff with it. does some gross stuff with it mishra does some very gross stuff with it okay we have all this mana we can put it into artifacts how do we get some mana what, what do we, we do with this mana what are we, what are we doing? doing we have yeah, so much mana uh phyrexia portals of phyrexia for sure we definitely do that uh one that i thought was cute was summoning station it is a seven <laughs> mana artifact that taps and says put a two two colorless pincher creature token into play pincher and whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play you may untap summoning station oh so this says whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play 
That's treasure tokens. That's clue tokens. Mm. That's anything your opponent is doing. To, you're you sacrificing a commander sphere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Dying. if you sacrifice something to slow bad, it untaps you. Make another pincher. Uh, it feels like seven mana is a lot. But if you are making this much colorless mana that right. can only be spent on artifacts, this might be a really great option. Death by pinching. Pinchum. Pinchum to death. Um, you can also play Staff of Completion. We talked about that earlier. Staff mm-hmm. of Domination. These all have abilities that you can sink some colorless mana into. Walking Ballista. Oh, you know, yeah. There's lots of... Uh, you can also pay equip costs with this because those oh. are activated abilities of artifacts. So this is a great Helm of the Host deck. Oh, make multiple slow bads? Make Why not? multiple slow bads or make multiple copies and you can sack the copies for mana and right. use the mana to move the... That seems pretty good to me. Yeah, pretty This cool. one's dumb. It's Colossus of Akros. Yeah. Eight mana, 10, 10 Defender Indestructible. <laughs> you can monstrosity it for 10 mana and it gets 10 plus and plus encounters. And then as long as Colossus is monstrous, it has trample and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. Yeah, it's a 2020 Indestructible Trample. That might kill people. That seems fun. Yeah. I'm it, into it. That definitely will kill people. Uh, I like this one, Mana Laundering. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I want to refer to it from here on out because I'm always, <laughs> when I'm always just like, what is that card that can change your mana into other mana? Oh, I forget. Yeah, it's, I, I've heard this term before, so I, I can't, I can't claim it so as my cool own. So cool that you came pretty, up with that term. You're right. Rachel I, I Weeks invented it. Mana Laundering. You heard it here first. <laughs> so yeah, if you, if you have all that artifact mana and you don't have any artifacts in your hand, what do you do? Gemstone Array, great yep. card. Four mana, two mana. You can put a charge counter on it, and they can remove a charge counter to add one mana of any mana of any color of any of any mana of any of any mana mana color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you have all this extra mana. You're pumping two into this each time to put charge counters, and then that can turn into just regular casting mana. Yeah, basalt monolith, which we mentioned before, is a great way to filter that mana. Yeah, you, totally. you can pay three artifact mana to untap your basalt monolith, and then it taps for three colorless mana that you can else. use on anything. Yeah, and you can also just make everything an artifact with mm-hmm. Mycosynth lattice, and then every single card has the ability to be sort of you know tapped and cast with slow bad's mana yeah uh slagstone refinery is really great in this deck as well it's whenever a non-token artifact goes to the graveyard you make a power stone token you're gonna have something to do with that power stone mana because you're gonna have something to do with that uh, yeah, your that whole deck is built mana. around that, that so idea, uh, yeah. getting getting free mana rocks every time you sack is pretty good yeah, and then you have a bunch of different ways to get stuff out of the graveyard. This is a mono-red artifact deck. So Goblin Welder and Goblin Engineer. Welder is really powerful. A Scrap Trawler. You can get into crazy cycles with this. There's got to be mirror something with Scrap Trawler because it's whenever he goes to the graveyard, he can get cast it, you get something back. I'm sure you can go infinite with Scrap Trawler. Oh, yeah. If you can't, I don't know. Look at your board state again. Maybe it's there. (laughs) It it feels like it feels like you definitely can. Uh, This one was kind of fun. It's Pia's Revolution. Oh yeah, two and a red for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return that card to your hand unless target opponent has Pia's Revolution deal three damage to him or her. It's kind of like Athreos. Yeah, it's a little bit of an Athreos for artifacts. And if you're sacking stuff, you it it just gives you the colorless mana to recast that thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they have to pay the three life every time you do it. Cool. It might not be worth it, but I think it's kind of cute. Yep. Underworld Breach, you're going to have a heavy, heavy graveyard with tons of stuff in it, so go nuts. Yeah. Everyone, go It nuts. might even be a deck for Scrap Welder. It might, might. That card's pretty bad, but it might. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to put Scrap Welder in a few decks it's now. It not quite. It doesn't make it. All right, we have a second Mono Red Artifact Commander, yes. and he rules. Yeah, it might be a she. I don't know. She? Dragons are always hard to, to tell. Hard to gender this in one. In this case, it's they Chisgoria Forge Tyrant. 
This card is so cool. It's so cool. Six red, red, red for a legendary creature dragon, five, four, and that's it. <laughs> nope, just kidding. It's got affinity for artifacts, <gasps> so it costs one less to cast for each artifact you control, so it could just cost red, red, red. Has flying and haste Ooh. because when it enters the battlefield, no, sorry, whenever Chiscoria attacks, exile the top five cards of your library, you may cast an artifact spell from among them this turn. If you do, it has affinity for artifacts. What? What? It's really fun. It's not for free, but if you already have, let's say, six artifacts and you get a six drop artifact, you cast for zero. Oh my God, it's so fun. Okay, so obviously a ton of artifacts in this deck. You need a very, very high density. You want to make sure you're hitting off of Chiscoria. Every time. You want to make sure you have a huge affinity for artifacts so you can cast your commander for as cheap as possible. Yeah, you can't just have high drops because you have to build up to even casting yeah. Chiscoria in the first place. And be careful when you're attacking with Chiscoria because those cards that you exile, those are gone. Yeah, it's not. Gone. It's not put them in a random order and put them on the bottom. No, they are exiled. Goodbye. So you could exile a lot of your deck with this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially if you have multiple combat spells and all that stuff too. Yes. Um, okay, so yeah, let's talk about this. Rachel, I think you're you're the one to lead this off because you have some experience with Chiscoria. That's all we'll say. Mm, a tease. Uh, <laughs> we want to get a ton of artifacts on the battlefield. So yeah. anything cheap that is going to make a lot of artifacts, tr either tokens or copies or anything mm -hmm. uh, is going to be really good in this deck bray is apprentice is a two and a two and a red for a human artificer when it enters the battlefield create a one one colorless thopter creature token with flying and it has an activator ability that says tap sacrifice an artifact choose one exile the top card of your library until the end of your next turn you may play that card and target creature gets plus two plus zero oh until end of turn yeah so, so it's a it's two artifacts because it itself is an artifact mm -hmm. and it draws when you sack artifacts yeah it's similar to the one and a red lieutenant that makes a hasty thopter as well yes loyal apprentice loyal apprentice yeah lieutenant apprentice same uh, thing right uh, professional face breaker have to mention this card at least once in a mono red had to show deck. up yeah yeah whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player create a treasure token and then you can sack any of your treasures to exile the top card of your library and you can play that card this turn so this is just great late game for just right the big thing with chiscori is you just want to have a bunch of treasures out if you can get them quickly yeah. and then that can just cast chiscori almost immediately this card makes a ton of treasure tokens it's noble's purse this is two mana artifact when it enters the battlefield tapped and with three coin counters on it you tap remove a coin counter from noble's purse create a treasure token mm, so, so itself this, is an artifact and creates more and it makes more it can make up to four artifacts and I want to do a quick reminder on how affinity for artifacts works with treasure tokens mm -hmm. because it counts the number of artifacts you have before you've spent the mana to cast it. Right. So you can both right. have the the treasure token will reduce the casting cost of Chiscoria and then you can sack it to pay the red, red, red. Yeah. So technically, if you only have six treasures on the board, what mm -hmm. you do is say, I'm going to cast Chiscoria. I yeah. am now going to pay for costs. What does this cost? Well, it costs six less. So it's just three red mana because mm -hmm. of a penny for artifacts. And then you can sacrifice three treasure tokens to pay the three red and get her out. Yeah. Seems really strong. Uh, I love inspired tinkering in this deck. I'm really high on this card. It's Jessica's will at home and it's still great. Jessica's will at home. It's true. Four in a red. Exhale the top three cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards create three treasure tokens yeah that's actually in some ways better than jessica's will because you do need yep. to have your commander out for both things to happen this gives yeah. you both but costs a little bit more immediately and you have two turns to cast those spells in the set of the one yeah yeah i actually like that, that they've been adding that for uh impulsive draw it makes it way better which you have a whole extra turn to mm -hmm. cast those cards yep. in case you tap out 
Yeah. Uh, Visions of Ruin is another great way to make treasure tokens. Uh, it's each opponent sacrifices an artifact for the each artifact sacrifice. This way you create a treasure token. Uh, yes, we couldn't talk about this one with the Atraxa. With Atraxa. This is the only mono red card with this flashback of eight red red. Costs X less to cast where X is the greatest mana value of a commander you own. Which so is in this nine. case, nine. So it just costs red, red. And then you get to make everyone stack an artifact and you make more treasure tokens. Yeah. Um, when it's in the graveyard, of course. Yeah. You definitely want artifact lands in this deck. Um, your Dark Steel Forge, your Treasure Vault, Power Depot, Dark Steel e Citadel. E Dark Steel Citadel, excuse me. Dark Steel uh, Golem. I'm, I'm just combining all of the magic <laughs> cards. Um, anything that you can do to get your affinity for artifacts as high as possible. Yeah, and quickly too, right? Because you want to be able to play yeah. Chiscoria sooner rather than later. Yeah. All right. What are we casting? What's the fun part? You're casting Portal of Phyrexia yeah, for like it's two portal, mana. It's Portal of Phyrexia, probably. Yeah. You're casting Mirror Battlesphere for like free. Yeah. And then that creates more tokens. So and then, then your next spell going to be bigger. And then you cast Blightsteel Colossus. For free. For free. Yeah, what about a Platinum Empyrean? For free. Yeah, that seems good. <laughs> what about Bonte's Ether Heart? Multiple, right? Instead of multiple combats, why don't it just take another turn? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you do want to be careful that you don't load your deck up too, with just like all the nine drops because yeah. that really makes your early draws just way potentially worse you need these like sort of bad two drops like noble's purse to really lead bad you just said that thing can make four treasure i mean it's, cards it's really good yeah. it's really good but it, these cards that feel bad yeah yeah exactly and yeah. they may not be as impactful but they really do pay off down the road yeah like and of course if you can play your own you know your own Doxa extortionist go for it <laughs> fine in a really high power table fine. you could presumably doxide extortionist and get Chiscoria out like on the turn same. one yeah, if yeah. you're like at the end of the turn rotation, right? If everyone Bleh. just dumps stuff out. Gross. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy. All right. Uh, you uh, are, have an affinity for artifacts. You love them. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Jimmy gets it. We love artifacts too. You do. Um, you're really, really, really vulnerable to an artifact wipe in this yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you're going to need dedicated slots to protect your board. If there is a Vandal Blast, you will get wrecked. Yeah, Dark Steel deck. Forage, however, gives them all indestructible. That's a great way to do it. Yep. Uh, Scrap Mastery is uh, living death, but for artifacts, this lets you, after a Vandal Blast, get them all back. So that's yeah. kind of like a recovery route as well. Uh, I like this a lot. Soul of New Phyrexia. It's an old one they used to put in a lot of commander products. They don't anymore, but it has a it is a six mana artifact creature with trample and it has an activated ability that says five permanence, five colon, permanence you control gain and destructible until end of turn. And you can do the same thing if uh, Soul of New Phyrexia is in your graveyard. In your graveyard. Yeah. That's actually really cool. You could use slow bad mana. You could use slow bad mana to do it. Well, speaking of slow bad, there's the original slow bad who mm -hmm. looks a little more flimsy he's one and a red for a one he's two he's not phyrexian yet give him a, yeah he'll be fine he buffed up see that's why being complete is kind of cool yeah you're ripped but so bad <laughs> can sack an artifact to make another artifact indestructible so your treasures become you know mini heroic interventions or whatever yeah. It's this pretty is pretty good. good in the deck. It's a uh, Gerard's Hourglass Pendant. Oh, yeah. It is one mana for a legendary artifact with flash. If a player would begin an extra turn, that player skips that turn instead. So careful with your extra turns. Careful. And then it says four and tap, exile Gerard's Hourglass Pendant. Return all return to the battlefield, tapped all artifact, creature, enchantment, and land cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. 
Right. This has flash. So you wait for the board wipe to go off. Yeah. Flash is in, tap it, five mana total. They all come back. Yeah. Uh, if there is an artifact wipe, notably this doesn't work when it's on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to wait. <laughs> Otherwise, it itself goes away, right? Yes. It'll just get blown up. But you can use it early to up your affinity if you really need it. Yeah, totally. And of course, you have a few non-artifacts in the deck because you, you have to have em. supporting characters. Then that's why you play Liquid Metal Torque, by the way, because mm-hmm. uh, it helps you out. Uh, Goblin Welder, we talked about this before. Yep. Even just discard earlier portal of Phyrexia and then welding out a treasure for that is just like oh, gross. One I really like in this deck is Passionate Archaeologist. It says commander creatures you control have whenever you cast a spell from exile, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value oh! to target opponent. Oh! What? Portal of Phyrexia oh! is a nine drop. Wow. Yeah, nine damage to someone's face is kind of like um hell what's that shoot of the it's a dragon that deals damage. Terror of the peaks. Terror of the peaks. <laughs> yeah. I was like Hellkite of the Nine Hells. <laughs> oh, this is a Hellkite of the nine hells yeah blast furnace hellkite seven red red for a dragon with an artifact offering so you can cast it as though it had flash by sacrificing artifact and then you pay the difference in mana value uh, and it's flying double strike creatures attacking your opponents have double strike it's a finisher so chiscoria really will just smack you maybe get that last commander for damage 10? in as well yeah, yeah it's a five four oof pretty good oof. chiscoria is awesome i'm real hyped on that yeah and the last one is cool as well it's another artifact deck kind but of. not mono red this time it's mono colored nothing. nothing it's colorless no it's grass unstoppable juggernaut <laughs> i love grass it's very grass grass yeah and, uh, grass in the fields the unstoppable juggernaut yeah i love it <laughs> uh it's an eight mana seven five juggernaut uh, legendary artifact creature juggernauts you control attack each combat of able which you see on juggernaut text mm-hmm. and also juggernauts you control can't be blocked by walls take also. that 1995 magic <laughs> and then other creatures you control have base power and toughness 5-3 and are juggernauts in addition to their other creature types what we're all juggernauts yeah so this is like maskwood nexus uh on a stick an eight mana stick, but specifically, for, yeah, or arcane <laughs> adaptation, but specifically for juggernauts and only for creatures that are already on the battlefield under your control. Because Masquerade Nexus and arcane adaptation do it for cards that are in your deck as in well. Deck and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what are we turning into juggernauts? They're going to be little. They're going to be quick. They're going to be evasive. You and call them juggernauts. The juggernauts. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a roller derby almost <laughs> oh my goodness they're a kick line yeah i love this because they make them five three right yeah they're five threes they have their original text but they turn into five threes and they need to be colorless too exactly this is a colorless deck uh so you're gonna want like ornithopter is a free zero two that you could turn into Uh-oh. a five three flying that can't be blocked by wall yeah, that too ginger uh, brute goes yeah, from I a one them. one that already can't be blocked to a five three that can't be blocked that Pretty ginger good. brute turned into it's a food golem it's yeah. kind of like a it's close to a juggernaut it's close to a juggernaut yeah <laughs> signal past is a great one uh it can't be blocked except oh, yeah. by creatures that have flying or reach and it has battle cries so it buffs up all your other juggernauts to six threes yeah i really like ebony fly like they don't it doesn't it's not a creature until you want it to be yeah. so and when it transforms into creature it becomes a xx we roll a d6 and then x is the result yeah. uh and then it gives another creature flying yeah so you got two juggernauts coming at them yeah yeah, I, I like these creatures that are not creatures until you want them to be because your commander forces them to attack. So it leaves oh, you with a right. little bit of defense if you have an ebony fly up or even like an ink moth nexus, perhaps. Mm. Like it has a five through with infect is pretty scary. But um, it just means that when all of your other juggernauts have attacked, yeah. uh, you have some options back and you won't just get smacked for a whole bunch. Guardian idol is another great option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a two mana mana rock that can become a two two. 
I like making tokens in this type of deck. Hangerback Walker, sure. when it dies, all those little 1-1 one, one flying Thopters become 5-3 flying <laughs> Thopter Juggernauts. Also, Hangerback Walker is a base 5-3, so it's even bigger. Oh, that's right. And it, Yeah, yeah, because that's it's equal to its power, right? Yeah. Wow. Wait. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, no, no. It's plus and plus and counter. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. but it doesn't die... If you when like, you get all the counters, get all the counters off, counters or off yeah. yeah. Okay, there's monuments really good. Mm -hmm. uh, it says white creature spells you cast cost one less to cast, but who cares? Because it's whenever you cast a creature spell, create a one-one white warrior creature token with vigilance. Vigilance is great in this deck um, because they, they are again to forced to attack. Yeah, this is a great deck for Field of the Dead. Oh my gosh, mm, that's right. Uh, it's very easy to get seven different lands in colorless decks because you can basically run all of these. Anything that taps yeah, for colorless. that taps for colorless. There's a ton of different lands that you can run in that base. Uh, the other sec like category of card that Wizards has printed a lot of over the years is these Avuses. Avus? The Pentavus, the Triskelavus, the Tetravus. Uh, these are usually high cost artifacts that enter the battlefield with a certain number of plus one counters on him mm -hmm. and they have activated abilities that are remove a plus one counter and they make a one one artifact creature token usually with flying. Yeah, and they, um, there's their five five, five threes. And they're base zero. So you can make a ton, it, so it's a seven mana thing that comes in with the option of making five Thopters with flying that could be Juggernauts. Yeah. So that and Triskelevis is similar. Tetravis is similar. Um, and Thopter Squadron is very similar as well. So all of those, it ups their base mm -hmm. to, to be way more powerful. And then all of the tokens they make are way more powerful as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, there's also living weapons, so mm -hmm. these will come in. And typically, the germs are one ones, but now they're five threes. The germs like, are zero zeros. Oh, zero zeros. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and they need the weapon to survive, but now yeah. they actually survive without it. So yeah, now can, they're ripped. You can re-equip your nettle cyst or your culture complete to something else, or just have that ripped germ token come in for a ton of damage. <laughs> Not a juggernaut anymore at that point. No, that's a juggernaut. Okay, so ramping seems really important. Your commander Gotta have is it. eight mana. We just talked about the avuses that are all seven mana. Mm -hmm. um, you, I think you have to play a critical mass of mana rocks. A ton. Uh, especially because you have all these other high-cost cards in here. Yeah. So you want your Thran Dynamos, these big mana rocks yeah, that tap, that for, tap a lot. for a ton of mana. Even Dreamstone Hedron, which I don't usually play, will tap for a ton of mana. But it's good because you need to have some value attached. Because yeah. if you're just drawing rocks at the end of the game and can't do anything with it, can't cash it in, then yeah. that, that, that sucks. Um, Everflowing Chalice is also really good because it scales with the game itself, right. similarly to like Astral Cornucopia. Like later on in the game, you can cast it for even more and then instantly tap it for a bunch of mana. Uh, Mycosynth Golem is really strong in this deck. It is an 11 mana golem that has affinity for artifacts. Okay. But it gives artifact creature spells you play have affinity for artifacts. Mm. It includes your commander. So if you have a lot of these ticky-tacky like yeah. popters and stuff on the board, it really reduces the casting cost of your Avuses yeah. and of uh, Graz himself. And then you have Forsaken Monument, which Huge. is colorless creatures get plus two, plus two. And then whenever you tap a permanent for just a colorless mana, you add another one. So it turns all of your just regular one mana lands into soul rings kind of crazy it's so good yeah uh, and finally ugin the ineffable goes in all of these colorless decks it says colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast and then gives you a way to make tokens which could become juggernauts later yeah hey speaking of five threes there's a card called geode golem that's a five mana five three with trample and when he deals combat damage player you can cast your commander from the commands without paying his mana cost yeah just punch through with five three once and if you're ramping you can get that five three out early and you've got your juggernaut down early you probably want to play like swift of boots in this deck right for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you really Give want a little to protect bit hasty. Your, your uh your commander once it comes down yeah um luckily there's a ton of really powerful cards in colorless that sort of fill in the gaps for it when you don't have the colored staples mm -hmm. um so wandering archaic does a great job of that oh yeah 
It's whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two. If they don't, you may copy that spell. You choose new targets for the copy. I want your rampant growth. Yeah, you can start stealing some important stuff. Uh, Mystic Forge is a great way to just churn through your deck. It allows you to look at the top card, and you can cast it if it's a uh, artifact or colorless non-land card. And you can also just tap, pay one life to exile the top card of your library. Just keep churning through and always finding new things. All uh, is dust goes in all of these decks. All is uh, dust. Each player sacrifices all colored permanents they control. You don't control any. It's a one-sided board wipe. Yeah. Uh, a new card from Strixhaven, Introduction to Annihilation. It's a five-mana sorcery. You exile a target non-land permanent, but its controller does draw a card. There's also a seven-mana version, something to dust. Cling to dust, I think. Maybe uh, not. not all is dust. It's another card. It's uh, a seven-mana. Scour inch. from Existence. Scour. What am I saying cling to dust for? Cling scour to dust is a spell. Yeah. It's, it's black, though. It's black, yeah. I was going to say it's white. <laughs> it's not. Um, and then Nod of This World. Oh, it's awesome. It's a, a colorless counterspell, basically. Seven mana counter target spell or ability that targets a permanent you control. And it's going to cost seven less if it casts, if it targets this, uh, sorry. Nod of This World costs seven less to cast if it targets a spell or ability that targets a creature you control with power seven or greater. Your commander has power seven. Nice. So it seems good. It's perfect in this deck. To really make sure those five threes punch through, if you've just made a bunch of zombie tokens and you're like, my five threes, everyone can block them somehow. Uh, Glaring Spotlight is great protection and it's great evasion. It's a one mana artifact Mm -hmm. uh, that says creatures your opponents control with hexproof can be the target of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof. And three, sacrifice Glaring Spotlight. Creatures Creatures you control gain hexproof until end of turn and are unblockable this turn yeah so it's a huge swing and you can protect your board um which you've worked so hard to build yeah one last note about graz is i think you could actually use graz as a hidden commander in a deck if you can play some more colors because in the past we have cards like if you've got one of the t- parts of graz says cannot be blocked by walls mm-hmm. and so if you play a card like unnatural selection one in the blue enchantment pay one choose a creature oh sorry in the past, I was going to say, they've tried to, because I guess Juggernauts are powerful, they specifically wrote cards to not allow you to do this. It says, uh, on Unnatural Selection, one in the blue one, choose a creature type other than wall, and then target creature's type becomes that type until the end of turn, because they didn't yeah. want people to do this. But we still have cards like Shields of Velus Vel, which is a white mana creature's target player controls, gets plus L plus one, and gains all creature types until the end of turn. Mm. Amiiboid Changeling can give a creature all creature types until the end of turn. You're a wall! So there might be an interesting, like, find a support color and then Mm -hmm. build a commander in those colors and just make it mostly a Graz deck. (laughs) I honestly think Graz is just a great token finisher. I mean, this is a huge anthem. It turns all of your thopters into five threes. Like, if you have a Psy deck or something like that, it's enormous overrun, especially in blue Mm -hmm. where you don't have those big overrun spells. Or in black, where you have, like, a bunch of harpy tokens. Yeah. It turns them into five threes. I think we'll see more of Graz than people think. Yeah, and it's going to come down. Everyone's going to go like, wait, what? And then they're going to go, oh, no. Did I just die? Are we dead? dead? Oh, I'm dead? No one else is? No, no. Is it because I attacked you randomly that first turn instead of just choosing who to attack? I knew it. Is it because I have all these walls? (laughs) (laughs) My wall deck. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you could build Graz into a weird defender deck. I don't know. know. (laughs) Give them walls. All right. block. (laughs) Those are the monocolored commanders from one that we wanted to talk about. We didn't talk about all of them, so let us know in the comments, of course, if there are some that you thought we should have covered or you just love. Let's go and talk about our favorite commander. Yeah. Frexia, all be one. For monocolored specifically. Yes. 
Uh, mine, I'm going to say Graz, Unstoppable Juggernaut. I like big things, <laughs> and I cannot lie. It just seems like a lot of fun. I like I, big knots, and I cannot uh, lie. Yeah, I don't want to build a uh, Eldrazi colorless deck. Yeah. It doesn't seem like my, you know, I'm, I leave that to other players. I think Graz is a kind of colorless deck that I would be interested in building if I a had colorless to. token deck is sweet. Yeah, That's something we've cool. never seen before. It's very exciting. Uh, mine was it, very easy. It was Chiscoria for me. It's oh yeah such an exciting it's card a dragon. it's a nine mana dragon that cheats big stuff into play it's uh it's a very cool design all right what did you think was the was the most powerful commander from the monocolored selections today yeah i mean we disagree on this one but we, we agree on yeah we one. agree on this one too um the one that i picked was unctus grand metatect because uh, <laughs> he just is a clean infinite combo with yeah. with one other card one that he other curves card into. like you could pay on turn two you play the thing that taps on turn three you a play this thing you draw yeah. your whole deck and you cast that historical yeah uh and the game's over yeah uh i i went the non-infinite route if we're, it, i think in in that discussion unctus is definitely the most powerful yeah. just because it's right there that you win the game yeah. uh other than that i think elishnor mother of machines definitely takes For home sure. the cake it is panharmonicon and a torpor orb stapled on the one card uh it's crazy it's crazy it's yeah. gonna it's gonna warp games and it's gonna be an instant removal target and it may just turn off like 70 percent of certain decks as well yeah, I, I I agree that I think that just generally um, we're going to see the most of Elishnorn and she is going to be the most powerful. Yeah, I hope I don't see Unctus too often. Yeah, Unctus. Unctus. Unless it's the cute Unctus. Yeah, I want to build a cute one with flying men. <laughs> flying men Unctus, grand metatect. All right, to the listeners, what did you think about the monocolored selections that we talked about today from Frexia All Be One? Are you planning on building any of them? Yeah, uh, is there any tech we missed? Let us know what you found that's super cool with one of these commanders. We want to hear about it. I think we missed no tech because Rachel's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> if you found some sweet tech, you got to go to cardkingdom.com slash right. command to pick up all the tech for these commander decks. They have a great selection and they ship all of the cards that you buy in one little package. It's all Ding. taped. It comes with a sticker and a token. So Boop. nice right in your door um i i trust card kingdom with a ton of my orders especially when i'm building one deck all together and yeah. i want to make a big order with like 40 cards and i know that they'll show up in one place at one time totally. and be safe plus if something's wrong you have a great uh support team to contact and make mm -hmm. sure that you get those issues resolved so go to cardkingdom.com slash command to pick up the cards that you want to play and then head on over to ultrapro.com slash command to get the accessories for your stuff. There's really cool playmats this time around for um, yeah, All Be One. We have this hollow foil Jace sitting in front of us. Uh, the art, I think, in Magic is very different than what it used to be, but mm -hmm. it's also so varied now, and it just gets better and better. Yeah. I heard somewhere that, like, if you count up all, let's say, a thousand fantasy art pieces were commissioned in the world last year. Mm -hmm. 700 of them would have been for Magic the Gathering. That's incredible. So there's tons of selection from Ultra Pro. There's going to be something that tickles your fancy, whether it's some secret lair art or the official card art that you see, or maybe even the ver the like the different versions. Sure. You can find secret a lot layers. of that stuff on ultrapro.com slash command, or just check out your local game store and support them there as well. And don't forget, we're going to be at Game Nights Live in Magic Con Philly, February 17th to the 19th. Get your tickets now if you're in the area and want to attend a Magic Con. We, uh, you went to MagicCon Vegas, right? No, I couldn't. Oh, you go. didn't? Oh, it was a blast. I'm I had so a ton excited. of fun. There were some downsides and a little bit of uh, you know hastiness in how it got set up, but I think 
ultimately they're only going to get better at doing the magic con setup mm -hmm. this time around i'm looking forward to a better commander areas a better you know version of game nights live because we're improving it as well and you got artists vendors you can buy cards trade cards do everything so you need there card king is going to be there ultra pro is probably going to be there as well uh, but check it out magic con philly february 17th to the 19th and you can meet josh and myself and rachel will all be there playing games and doing fun stuff we are going to skip the end, end step this time it's been a long episode we want to get you out of here so let's go straight to thank our amazing team here at the yeah. command zone thank you to damon lentz arthur mattercroft lady danger manson lung craig blanchett josh murphy jake boss jordan pridgen sam waldo garab galati jamie black mitch trafford evan limberger gabriel pozos megan yep eric lem and how's it josh lee kwai josh lee kwai and Thanks with so that things. we say josh lee bye bye, bye. <laughs>